Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Terry Smith with Atlanta Steaks and Seafood gets so excited when another 2%er orders meat uh, from his website, atlantasteaksandseafood.com. You know, he's just such a giving guy. He just wants to make sure that the 2%ers have the best meats in the business. I mean, there's no subscription required for him. You can shop and ship from the comfort of your own home. Enjoy a safe contactless del- uh, delivery. So if you're a listener, you're going, oh, I listen to the BS. I'm not in Georgia. That's all right. You can still go to atlantasteaksandseafood.com. Terry's going to ship it right to your house. Serve you and your guests because you got to have the best meats. As a grill guy, you got to have the best meats in the business. So serve your guests with confidence. Skip the crowds. You know, you know, when you go to these certain meat markets, there's a long line. You don't have to do any of that. Their steaks are hand-cut from the juiciest, most tender prime-choice beef available and are featured in over 300 of Atlanta's top restaurants. So you can enjoy the same premium beef delivered straight to your door. Don't shortchange yourself with the hors d'oeuvres, especially the bacon-wrapped scallops and the fish that he offers. Absolutely amazing stuff. AtlantaSteaksAndSeafood.com. Make sure you mention the BS. You get 10% off. We ship it, you grill it. Purchasing a house could be the biggest decision in your life, right? For some people, it will be. That transaction, when you sit down at the table and sign, you know, hands are shaking. I know mine have been in the past. Uh, About seven, eight years ago, I met Dave Flashner with Stockton Mortgage. This guy, I've used him for all my properties. You know, you hear me talking about the Airbnbs and stuff. I go to Dave every single time because he's no bullshit. He tells you what you need to know. He gives you the numbers. He's reliable, and God, he's so accessible, which is great. I need somebody that's going to answer my call, is going to pick up the phone when I need uh, some questions answered about my money that I'm spending for my house that I'm about to move into. Agree? Yeah, that's what I thought. So Dave Flashner is the guy. I know a lot of you have already used him since he's been sponsoring the BS, and and, and you've you know DM'd me, and you're going, Bailey, you're right. This guy's no bullshit. He's great. He's fantastic. And when I say that, he's the nicest guy in the world. He's just going to make sure the job is done thoroughly, quickly, and, uh, and, and, and realistically. Like, he's not going to blow smoke up your ass. You know what I mean? 561-951-0984. That's how you get a hold of Dave Flash and North Stockton Mortgage. 561-951-0984. We see it on the news every day. We read it on the internet every day, and it's a sad state of affairs. But it is true, and it's, uh, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. But uh, a lot of us, um, maybe you in particular, We got some things going on upstairs, you know, and we got to figure it out and we just might not know who to turn to. Uh, That's why there are therapists and that's why there are uh, people like Dr. David Markwell with Ridgeline Counseling. And he can talk to you from anywhere. I know we have uh, somebody that listens to the BS that travels quite often and started doing the teletherapy with Dr. David Markwell. MarkwellTherapy.com. Uh, he's got 10 therapists who work with him at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, he's got locations at East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. Uh, they offer Spanish-speaking counseling service in person, of course, in those virtual sessions that I was talking to, talking about uh, work with the kids, adolescents, and adults. But, you know, the main thing is, is if you got something going on, you need to talk to somebody, you don't know who to turn to, or you just need to turn to a professional, highly suggest MarkwellTherapy.com. That's Ridgeline Counseling. MarkwellTherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? 
After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, episode 24 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason Bailey here in the Golden Scissors studio in beautiful Roswell, Georgia. There's Nate with the awesomest oh. background ever in Mexico. Hola. Hola. Booking our plane tickets as we speak to come down there the first week of April. Um, and I have a sticky note on my computer that says, book airfare to Mexico. And then the next bullet point says, leave Brandon in August behind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be back the first week of April. Here in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were. Uh, like... The, hold on. Do you know what days? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look. Hang on. Uh, yeah, this is a good conversation to probably have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, we're coming to see you, and if we show up in Mexico and you're not there, it's going to got to defeat the purpose. I, I can watch your dogs. Uh, April 5th to the 10th is when we were coming to see you. Okay, I'm... I, I, come, you, back the, I come back the 5th. You come back to Mexico the 5th? <laughs> Yeah. Fly back with them. Okay. <laughs> That'll work then. Yeah, I, I fly down the thirty first, or fly up the thirty first. Is that for the immigration stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought you weren't coming in until. Oh yeah, it is. Well, it'd be March. Okay, so March. That does make sense. All right, March. Because I, you know, I, I want to do monthly events for YouTube percenters, and I had one scheduled um, for this month, but we ended up shelving it. One because the whole concept was. Uh, Betty White's 100th birthday. That's kind of null and void now. And two, because of the variant, I just thought it wasn't very responsible for me to put everybody in a private VIP room when the variant's going around. So, you know, who knows what next month will bring, but the idea is to do it next month. But I was definitely going to do it when you were in town and have a big blowout so everybody can meet up with all three of us. Yeah. Uh, You know, be COVID-free, right? Uh, Brandon, speaking of... Still has COVID, still in quarantine. How you feeling? Uh, still a little sniffly. Uh, that's pretty much all I got, runny nose and sniffly. Let me give you some COVID advice as a survivor of COVID, okay? <laughs> and, and a survivor of many different diseases in my 46 years on this planet is, and this is a problem that you have. It's a mind over matter. And you have such a small mind, and a lot of the times it really does matter. So <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to find that inner Brandon. And you have to get strong inside. You have a tendency to let the sickness and the outside let the inner Brandon be weak, which makes you a pussy. You've got to stop being a pussy. So when you forget things and you say it's because you're sick, that's no excuse. I worked with COVID. I survived COVID. I didn't forget anything when I had COVID. I was still strong as ox uh, because I'm not a pussy. So you, Nate, same way, you know, when we were doing the radio show, he worked an entire week. Uh, he had, he yelled at me because I, I, I said something to him wrong. He was a beast um, because he's not a pussy. But Brandon, <laughs> you're kind of a pussy. You, he, you laid in bed for a few days and had your wife bring you food and snacks and Jack honey. 
the, the, okay, so let's that she had to bring me those things because I was in quarantine or I would starve. That's like saying, oh, you've got it great in prison. They bring you food to your cell that you're, you know, you're locked in by yourself uh, only one hour out. What are you talking about here? She had to bring, I couldn't go outside the room. I was in quarantine. Yeah, but you could have got up and walked around or. No, I couldn't because nobody else in the house had COVID. That's what the fucking quarantine means, you dumbass. Is it you're quarantined to a space? You got a split level house. She could stay in the little lower level part and you could go to the kitchen and then go back. No, I, no, you're a pussy. All right. Just <laughs> stop being a pussy. All right. That's you're better okay. than that. All right. And, and again, that's just me being your friend. I love you. I just want to help you throughout this. You just have to listen to me and it's important. This is what friends do. Friends tell other friends they're being a pussy. You're being a pussy right now. Stop being a pussy. Okay. <laughs> You feel free to say something back if you disagree. That's fine, but I don't think you. I think you know what I'm talking about. No, I really don't because I feel I feel pretty good and I do. I rarely get sick. So I don't know what you're talking about me getting sick. All What's the what time. we all say? Have you ever met somebody who says, "Oh, I get sick all the time"? Nobody ever says that. <laughs> no, everybody says, "I really get sick. It's crazy how I got this variant." Well, it's it's bound to happen. We're all going to get it. Uh, and, and we might get it a couple times. And who the fuck knows what's next? You know, like bring it on, world. Uh, who knows? Um, very sad news this week. I wanted to wait until, you know, I guess one of the downfalls of doing this podcast and the way that we've been doing it is that, you know, we have more like four full length radio shows on Monday and Friday with the BS. And then Tuesdays we do smarter Marta. And then Wednesdays we do the black cloud, um, which is niche. And then Thursdays we do the good, bad and the ugly, which is very news like segments and stuff. You know, these are more like radio shows. And so not doing one of these every day, you don't have the opportunity to talk about things such as Bob Saget passing at at the age of 65. And on Tuesday, you know, this week we're doing uh, what we're calling Freebay episodes, like Freebie, Freebay, Freebay episodes, and hopes that those that don't subscribe or not two percenters enjoy what they're hearing. Then go to our new website, podcastthebs.com, and subscribe for future episodes. Um, You know, we've got a great guest, uh, follow-up to the viral video from the Delta flight. We had Whiskey Rose on Monday. Well, the old guy that was the victim, he's going to be joining us here next segment. And then on Monday, our friend Brandy will be back on the show. Um, From what I understand, she has some very interesting stories to tell of her dating life. She is becoming what she said she was going to become, and that's kind of a floozy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We love her, and I don't mean that with disrespect, but, you know, every girl goes through that host stage, just like every guy goes through the host stage, and I think she's going through the host stage. So she can explain that more on Monday. Also, if you subscribe, what we're doing now is that once a month, hopefully we'll do it once a month, definitely this month, uh, we'll have a nice big prize to give out just for those that subscribe. When you subscribe, I automatically have your email. So whatever email you signed up on is the one I will email a lucky winner. Uh, The prize this month is from Atlanta Grill Company in Roswell, Georgia, right off Upper Hembry Road. You can also order wherever you're at, uh, atlantagrillcompany.com, and they'll ship it straight to your house. But we've got a complete rub set. There's 12 different rubs. These are the rubs that I use when I'm grilling, that's where I get all of my rubs from Atlanta Grill Company. The Argentina steak is my favorite. Uh, the Georgia butts and rubs, also really good. So uh, if you're a two percenter, you don't have to do anything. Just keep subscribing and we'll have uh, stuff to win. So on Tuesday, um, 
after we found out the, the passing of Bob Sagan, I put together a tribute that you might have heard. If not, you can go back, obviously, and listen to it. It was just a, you know, kind of a brief story of my relationship with Bob. Uh, Nate had a, a quick story w- with Bob from back in the day. And then I played some audio from, I didn't realize it was that good and it was that funny. But it was from November of 2011 on my show. At the time, I was on Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando. And the show consisted of me, uh, my co-host Otto, our producer Bull and Drone, two producers Bull and Drone, Nate, were you on the show at that time? Yeah, it was me and Topher. Oh, okay. So you two were our interns. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you yeah, were... that, that's where my photo came from. It was uh, it was when we were there at Universal. Oh, in the T two Studios. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. So so Bob and I had a relationship prior to that, just by doing interviews, and I'd never met him face to face up until that day, and we would talk on email. Um, and, you know, just, man, I didn't want anything for me. Bob was never, like, a lot of comedians, they make friends with radio people because they're going to need to use them. Um, when they come into the market, they, it's more of a business relationship. And I get that. I don't hold any ill will to it. I've got friends like that, you know. Uh, I understand. I get it. You know, it's a scratch my back, I scratch yours type of thing. It's not a true friendship. Not saying that me and Bob Saget had a true friendship, but what made Bob stand out from the rest is, one, he was so iconic, right? And, two, he didn't, he wasn't that way with radio people. Not just myself, because I've got numerous other radio friends that have very similar stories. He was just, he cared, like... It wasn't about just him promoting stuff or his gig or his television show or his books or whatever the case may be. He just was a nice guy and you wanted to talk to him because he's Bob fucking Saget, you know? Um, in this day, we we had him in for two segments. So I was doing a talk show at the time, midday talk show. And in my opinion, probably one of the greatest radio stations ever. So anyway, we were at Universal uh, Orlando doing the show and it was to promote uh, what Universal had for, for Christmas going on, the Grinchmas and all that stuff. And he comes in, and, and we chit-chat in the first segment. And again, this is all in the tribute that I put together that you can go to podcastthebs.com and, and listen to. Um, and then the second segment, I, I had this bit idea to uh, reenact a scene from Full House. I mean, think about this. If you have the opportunity to reenact a scene from Full House with Bob Saget, <laughs> I mean, Danny Tanner, would you not do it? And a lot of times these guys, they don't want to do shit like that. He was so accommodating and played along. And it was one of, and I didn't realize this until I found the audio and I went back and listened to it, one of the funniest bits I have ever done in my career. That was hilarious. Nate, how great was that day? That was great. And I probably wouldn't have even asked him. I mean, obviously you had a relationship with him before, but most celebrities don't even want to say their catchphrase from a movie. You know, if you talk to Schwarzenegger, he's probably not going to say, I'll be back, you know, in an interview. So uh, just you knowing him well enough to that you could ask him and, and he would 
be willing to do it was just made it great. Well, I don't think it had anything to do with me. I think you would have done it for anybody, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you knew that he was that type of person uh, ahead of time because we've, we've never done that with any other guest or celebrity. Even just trying to get them to say their catchphrase, like I was saying, is usually they won't do it or it's like pulling teeth. And he was just cool enough to do it for anybody. You know who's really bad like that? J.J. Walker from Good Times. He will not say dynamite. There's a infomercial running now with him where he says it. And I remember when I first saw it, I was like, wow. But there are stories of uh, old school radio guys that would have him. One in particular, my mentor, they had him in the studio and they tried to have him say it. And he got pissed and walked out. Like, well, don't be a dick. You know, Eric Stoltz is like that, too. He doesn't want to talk about anything from the past. I hate that shit. You know, but Bob wasn't like that. Bob was cool. And he had, a, he had an answer for everything. He put a spin on it. And so, so Bob, you know, I'm not trying to come across as Bob and I were the best of friends. I'm not trying to pull that card. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm just trying to set you up for what the day was and what the relationship was prior. You know, it, we, we, weren't putting, we weren't going to each other's houses on Christmas. I was just like any other radio personality. Um, I really believe that. Like, he treated all of us the same. And, you know, I'm sure there are some that go way back with him and whatnot, but he always made you feel like you were important in his life, um, which I, I, is, is special for, from the radio side of things because you don't feel like you're getting used. Most of us always feel like we're getting used. I have a big problem with that, in, whether I'm doing a radio show or whether I'm doing this podcast. If you're just using me and you're not providing me with content and entertainment for my audience, I want nothing to do with it. Because that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to super serve you. I'm here to super serve the people that are listening. And that's, you know, that was my big run when I got fired. Is like I worked for a company that didn't give a fuck and still don't give a fuck about their audience. And so, um, you know, I've got a problem with that because the audience is, is who pays the bills. And, and those are the people that, you know, listen to every word you say intently. Bob knew that. Bob knew that about his audience. Bob knew that about his Full House audience. Bob knew that about his How I Met Your Mother audience. Bob knew that about America's Funniest Video audience. Bob knew that about his stand-up audience. Um, he just was so in tune with his audience. It really was remarkable. So this day is really special. <clears throat> the story's special to me. And Bob Saget's special because of the day. So he comes into the studio that afternoon. Um, later that night... I was having my first real date with my now wife. You'll actually hear in the audio, my wife made it, made sure to point this out, that I say I'm single because we weren't really, we weren't serious at all. I think we had slept together already or hooked up or something. We were talking, but we weren't serious. So this November, I forget the day, 2011, the day that Bob Saget came in the studio, I'm pretty sure it was a Friday because that's when we'd usually do the live broadcasts. Rachel and I were having our first date and I was taking her to go see Bob. He was performing at the Hard Rock Live. So uh, it was a double date with some mutual friends of ours, Nate. Ken and Jamie went with us. Uh, Ken is the former bassist for the band Nonpoint. And his wife at the time, Jamie, who's now married to, what's his title? Luke, he's a great guy. He's like in charge of merch for the band Hell Yeah. 
Yeah. Merch, like, I don't want to downplay his title because he's a very important guy to the band. Uh, just a fantastic dude. Just a great dude. But, and she's a great woman. So anyway, that was, it was a double date. So we, uh, we get to Universal Studios, we park, and then you have the long walkover. The, the, the itinerary was to go in and have dinner at the, the cafe. If you're not familiar with the layout, there's the cafe that's next to Hard Rock Live. It's on Universal Studios property in Orlando. It's kind of a hike to get there. Um, you know, after you park, Hard Rock is kind of on the other, it's on the other side of the water, so it's kind of a long walk. Anyway... So we get there and we sit down. Now, my wife used to work at the Hard Rock Cafe and her ex-boyfriend still worked at the Hard Rock Cafe. I didn't know who he was and I didn't know what he looked like. So we sit down, nor did I know he still worked there, nor did I care at that point. Um, So we sit down to eat and she's sitting I'm sitting closest to the wall. We're in a booth. I'm sitting close to the wall. She's sitting on next to me on the edge. Ken and Jamie are across from us. This dude comes over to the table, not our waiter, and he's got this big furry face beard guy, and he comes over, and he looks sad and mad, and he starts, I forget exactly what he said to Rach, but he said something to the, you know, like, what are you doing? What's going on? What, why, why would you come here? You know? And I'm not paying attention. I thought it was our waiter. And so I'm talking to Ken and Jamie, just thinking that she's ordering food. And then she gets up and walks over by the bar with this guy. I'm like, what kind of service is this? This is fucking crazy. <laughs> so she comes back. I go, what was that all about? I was like, did you know that guy? You know, because I knew she did. Used to, she used to work there. She's like, that's my ex-boyfriend. And he started crying. And he was, you know, I'm like, what? I go, if I would have known he was working tonight or he worked here, I wouldn't have come here for dinner. I mean, we could have gone to 10 million other places. She's like, it's okay. I didn't want to make a big deal about it. She's like, I didn't think that would happen and, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's cool. By the way, this story, um, my wife doesn't tell it like this. My wife tells it completely different. Wait till the the second portion of this story. Uh, so we then move into the venue, which is right next door. So we go in and we get our seats. We've got some really nice balcony seats. Um, or we were in the leathers or something like that. And as we were walking, there's like this little bar on the second level. And uh, I'd always go to that bar because I knew the bartender. And and so we go up there and uh, and she starts talking to this little skinny guy. And, I, and, and they're talking to her. I was like, oh, you know that guy? She's like, yeah, that's my ex-boyfriend. And th- that was the one that when he, he turned gay after we broke up. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? This is like the worst date ever so far. I was like, I'm trying to have a good time, but we keep running. It's like a video game where every level has got a different boss that you have to beat in order to advance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't go to the place where you dated the whole staff. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's what I said to her. I was like, did you ever date outside of the hard rock family? <laughs> like, Am I going to find out that you and Bob Saget had a relationship at some point? <laughs> So she's like, no, that's it. I'm done. I was like, okay, that's good. You know? And uh, so he was fine because he's gay now. So he doesn't care. So we go, we sit and we enjoy the show. Now the plan was after the show, after Bob Saget was done doing his stand up at the hard rock that we, he was staying at the hard rock hotel. So we were going to go over there and meet up with him at the hard rock hotel and have some drinks. And I'm like, this is like, I mean, 
this is my first date with this girl. I mean, how much more rock star can you be? You take her to Bob Saget, you take her out, get her some food in her belly, and then she goes and gets to hang out with fucking Bob Saget afterwards. Dude, Bailey, you're a fucking rock star. I mean, Nate, come on. That's pretty badass, right? Oh, yeah, especially since she's a little younger than you. She's, like, kind of my age, and Bob Saget was huge for our generation also. So, she, yeah, she was probably you know, super excited. Yes, okay, so... uh so we head over to the Hard Rock Hotel, which is another little bit of a hike. Now, we take the ferry over there. So there's, there's, you know, we take the waterway over there. I thought that would be romantic. And we get on the ferry, we come off, and it drops you off in the back of the hotel. Now, in the back of the Hard Rock Hotel, there's a green space um, where they have weddings. One which was mine in 2004, seven years prior. And we, I didn't, you know, I never... Took the I, I never took the ferry to the hotel, I, I don't think, at that point. So I never even thought about it. You know, plus it was fucking seven years ago. I got married there. Like, it was a big deal. So we're walking up, and as we walk across the green in the exact place that I said my vows to my ex-wife, I, I say to her, I go, you know, I got married right here on this spot to my first wife. <laughs> Just killing it so far. <laughs> Certain things you don't say on the first day, but I'm like, I just ran into both of your exes. I feel like I have the, I have like two passes to do something stupid throughout the night. And I'll, I'll use one of them here. It's like Jumanji. Like one of my bars are off my, my forearm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it was nothing. It was like a funny ha ha joke and whatever. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. So we go in and, uh, you know, we come into the back of the hotel and, and, and then we go into this little sidebar um, and, and we meet up with Bob and uh, we get some drinks. I don't know if he drank or not. Uh, I know he had chicken wings. He was so into his chicken wings and he was sitting on this couch like in the corner and then there were a couple chairs around him. So we all kind of sat there. I don't think anybody sat on the couch next to him and he was just down in his chicken wings, down in his chicken wings. And he hung out for a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he drank at all, though. He might have had a drink, but that was the, the extent of it. And then I th we took some pictures. I finally found the picture. I didn't have the picture. Um, my wife had it on her phone. And she, she reminds me of not only what I said in the, in, on the show that I was single, but when she tells this story about the night with Bob Saget, it's I took her to hang out with Bob Saget at the place that I got married to my first wife with. That's how she tells the story. Oh, a little, little bit different. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, the other stuff doesn't exist when she tells the story. It's just, right. it's just the opposite of that. So we said our goodbyes. It was, I think, fairly early. It was probably like, you know, just after midnight, just before 1 a.m. And, uh, and, and then he, he goes, and that, that, that was the last time I think I saw Bob face-to-face. And I would talk to him from time to time on email um, and, and his his um, his publicist or somebody, you know, for we were booking him. Because I think we had him on the radio show at the Rock Station at, at some point, too. Uh, yeah, for a couple a, times, I think. A couple times, yeah. He was just always a great guest. It just saddens me. You know, and, and some of the stuff that I would see on, on the Internet throughout the week is... Um, you know, of course you want to blame, you know, for the anti, anti-vaxxers it's heard he just got his booster shot. You know, like, didn't you say that three days ago with Betty White? Shut the fuck up until you know, you know, the, the autopsy, and then somebody else said on our page in which I replied back. I'm like, easy with the speculations. You know, it's like got $500 that it was a drug overdose. Don't say shit like that until you know, 
Like, that's just so disrespectful. You, you don't know. You know, what, what if you're, well, you are wrong. So how do you feel now? Like, did you go back and say, I apologize for saying there was a drug overdose? The autopsy report came back. It was uh, neither. You know, there's no drugs, no alcohol in his system. They found him with his arms crossed. So uh, the theory is, is that he had a heart attack or stroke. That's what the, the medical examiner is saying. Yeah, and that's what I thought initially because I think he, he used to do drugs, right, but he's been clean for quite a while. I don't ever know him of doing drugs at all. I've never heard that story. I've, I've never even, you know, maybe he did, but I, I, I've never talked to him about it. Usually that's something that would come up in one of the interviews, but I never yeah, I thought I, it was back in the day. And didn't he, I thought he even said like during full house or something, not like he was doing like crack in the, in the back or anything like that. But I thought he did, you know, dabble in that stuff. But uh, as far as I know, he's been clean for quite a while. If, if he did even do him. Um, but yeah, so I never thought it was drugs. I, I assumed it was a heart attack because, you know, he's not really old, but he's still at the age where that could possibly happen. 65, man. 60. Let's say said about Betty White, too. She had a stroke six days prior. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, it's like it seems at the beginning of every year we just lose, you know, certain people. You know, Robert Durst, I don't care about, but, you know, like, the Maddens of the world, the Saggots of the world, the Betty White, the Betty White, you know, Betty White was 99. Madden was older. I get it. You lived your life, you know, respect everything that you did. And you gave us, thank you so much. Rest in peace. You know, but Bob Saget, 65. And he, he you know, he looked young. He acted young, you know? So it's just like, I still can't comprehend that Bob Saget's gone. Right. And then you look at like the cast of full house they're all still alive and they all look great. They all look young. You know, I mean, the kids are obviously young. Um, and the first one to go from that show is Bob. And this is where I have a problem, whether I had a relationship with the, the person or not, is a piece of your childhood is now dead. It is forever gone. You will never get that back, which in turn makes you feel older and closer to death yourself. That's where I struggle with the deaths of people that I admire uh, and that I watched on television or in movies and stuff like that. Yeah, because I've seen a lot. This happens every year, but everyone's like, oh, you know, 2022 is starting off to be shitty again. Like, people die every year. It's just the our generation, I guess, or our kind of, you know, couple decades. Now we're old enough where a lot of the, the heroes or the celebrities we grew up with are the age where they're going to start passing. Mm -hmm. And this has always happened. You know, when we were kids, our parents had the same thing. Their, their heroes and celebrities were passing also. It's just, it's not that this is a bad year already. It's just people die and it's, it's sad. Do you think it's in bad taste that when a actor dies or a musician dies, I think everybody has the same mindset that you automatically go to, I'm going to go watch some of their old shows or listen to some of their music. Because when an artist dies, a musician dies, their streams skyrocket a thousand percent on Spotify. You know, um, when an actor dies from popular television shows, you know, Full House would be the one for Bob Saget, you know, and they just rebooted it recently too, I think on Netflix. Yeah, Fuller House. Fuller House, right. Uh, like, I know I did. I went back and I watched some episodes of Fuller I did it on my computer, but I went back and watched some just because, I don't know, it felt like that was the right thing to do. And then as well as I was watching, I was like, why didn't you do this when he was alive? You know, then it made yeah. me feel guilty. It made me feel bad. 
I I don't think so. And and that's what I would say. That's why I mean I I do agree. Bob said it's sad that he died, but it's again like I say with most celebrity deaths, it's not like they were. I don't feel robbed of his his talents because I feel the thing that I, I admired about him or I loved about him they that still exists. They you know they're still the Full House and. A lot of it's not just Full House. A lot of people remember him from different things. Really, what we should be remembering by is America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, the, but then what's some the, people. What's the meme going around with uh, him with a camcorder? And it was like before YouTube. It was it was Bob. Yeah, yeah. I posted that on the Two yeah. Percenters group. But I saw another tweet, and it was saying kids today just won't understand the loss of Bob Saget. Like he was YouTube before YouTube, and we all gathered around the TV on Saturdays to watch YouTube videos for 30 minutes. And that was it. Actually, you know, like actually I'll up that he was not only YouTube, but he was YouTube and Tesh 2.0 before YouTube and Tesh 2.0, because he was doing, if you want, or Tosh, not Tesh, Tosh, Tosh 2.0, you watch Daniel Tosh and it's America's funniest home videos for a new generation. All he's doing is taking YouTube videos. So the public is doing the legwork Unlike with America's Funniest Home Videos, you had to act. Well, the public was still doing the legwork. They were sending in their VHS tapes, um, and they then they had a crew that would watch it. But Bob Saget was just doing commentary, just like Tosh does commentary on the YouTube videos. Or what? Uh, what's the dude uh, MTV Ridiculousness? Um, oh yeah, Rob. Rob, Rob Deerdick. Deerdick or, or whatever. whatever. You know, I think well, that was the Rock's name in Central Intelligence. Bobby Weird Dick or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's you know, it's just the same idea. But Bob, and there was a show. Bob wasn't the first to do America's uh, Funniest Home Videos. I don't think there was the 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 guy before him was. Um, uh, he hosted the dancing show, right? There was a different. Uh, I think he was after him. Was he after him then? Yeah. Let me see. Because, yeah, it was him, and then it was um, Carlton after that. No, no, no. Who'd you say, Brandon? Tom Bertrand. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, that guy. Was he before or after Bob? Uh, I think he was after, wasn't he? Was he? So Bob was know. the original America's Funniest Home Video guy. I remember I remember watching Tom Bertrand when I was little, like six years old. Yeah, because yeah. Bob was in, like, the late 80s, wasn't he? Doing America's Funniest Home Videos. Was that his first gig? See, I don't even know that. There is a picture, uh, like one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen. Tim Allen had tweeted out a picture, and he's standing in a group of his fellow comedians and actors. And in that picture, all of them are gone. And it's with the exception of John Lovitz. But it was Tim Allen, John Lovitz, Bob Saget, Rodney Dangerfield, and Robin Williams. And like, oof. I mean, like that, you know, Rodney Dangerfield looked, you know, he was the oldest out of all of them and, and, and looked, looked at it in the picture. But I mean, what a, like all the talent, you know, you know, even John Lovitz. I like John Lovitz, you know, that group just, what, what the fuck were you, what do you talk about? If you're in the circle, with that circle, who says what? And do you, do you try to out funny each other? Like, can you imagine Rodney Dangerfield and Robin Williams trying to out-funny each other? Holy shit. You would piss yourself eight times in five minutes. There's just yeah. no way, right? <laughs> I mean, that's some of the best talent we've ever had, we've ever seen, those guys in that group. Yeah, so uh, Bob was the original host. He was from 1989 to 1997. Oh. And then um, that Tom guy is 2001 to 2015. Oh. 
And then Daisy Fuentes was in there for a year in 1998. Oh, poor Daisy. What happened to her? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get her out of there. <laughs> Ain't no woman going to be hosting America's Funniest Home Videos. Bring in the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when he was in there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Alfonso? Alfonso Ribeiro. Yep. Yeah, Alfonso the Carlton. Da, 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 da. So you're, you're, you understand what the, the passion and emotion for Bob Saget, Brandon, right? I know you have COVID head right now, and you're in Looney Tunes land, but... You understand how important Bob Saget was to a generation, right? Yeah, yeah I can appreciate it. I mean, I didn't really watch a whole lot of Full House. I got a problem with all those late uh, Nick at Night shows because I, I always remember being sick and having to watch those shows at like 3 in the morning when I couldn't sleep, and they just made me feel real weird. Like weird like Uncle Touching You weird or sad because you didn't have a family like that weird or what? No, it was just like... I, just, I was just like, I shouldn't be watching this at 3 a.m. I should be sleeping, but I'm sick and I'm throwing up, and it's just a bad time. Did you not have another channel, another option on your television set? Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot at 3 in the morning. I just stuck with Nick at night. <laughs> Fall asleep, watch the SpongeBob, wake up to George Lopez or Full House. Like, George Lopez. And that's the funny thing is Nick at night was uh, SpongeBob to him, you know, where Nick at night for us was like, I love Lucy. Uh, yeah, well, Nick, Nickelodeon to me is, I heard that, you know, the burger show and getting slimed and Mark Summers with Double Dare. Like if you, oh, Nick, at, Nick at night was like, like old, like honeymooners and stuff like that. In, in yeah. Nick, well, Nick at night came after just a straight up in your face, Nickelodeon. And they yeah. would just play all the black and white reruns. You're right. Honeymooners. Uh, I love Lucy, all that kind of stuff. But Nickelodeon, because the Nickelodeon studios used to be on the sound stages at Universal Studios Orlando. Yeah. And in the late 90s, they relocated to Los Angeles. All of their studios, they lo relocated to Los Angeles. Because I used to do some work for them. I, I, I actually was very close to being on a Nickelodeon show, little known fact, I forget what the name of the show was. It went on to be a show and run for years. Um, but it was between me and this black guy that I was friends with. What the fuck was his name? Really funny, really talented. He was a, a, another, he was a radio DJ at, um, at the urban station in Orlando that no longer exists. But he, both he and I were up for the part of a DJ uh, for this Nickelodeon show. And I remember it, it was the big casting call and they narrowed it down to both he and I. And I go in to do a, like a table read, but it was more a circle read. And the arrogant Buckethead slash Jason Bailey slash Buckethead walks in there thinking that, why would you not hire me? I'm fucking Buckethead from docking. I mean, what a douche. And I go <laughs> and I remember I sat down like thinking that I already had it coming across as an arrogant fuck. I know I did. And I had my package with me, you know, with my horrible air check and horrible reel of me doing barely nothing. And they said to me, and, and I was trying to be Jason. I, I, I was, they, this was a problem with going by Buckethead for all those years, why I hated it and couldn't wait to move to Atlanta to kill it, is everybody thought it was this character that I was playing. You know, kind of like Stephen Colbert for years was still Stephen Colbert, but he played a character, or Borat you know, mm -hmm. was this character that I would play on the radio. And I don't even know what the character's characteristics were, but people that didn't listen or didn't know me thought it was a character. And I went in there just being me because I was Buckethead. And they were like, I want some more of this Buckethead guy after listening to my audio. Not realizing the audio that I put on my air check was just 
the best of me being an embellished radio personality. And because of my role at the time, I was a character. So I didn't quite understand what they wanted. Ended up, I didn't get the job. The uh, other guy got the job and still lives in syndication. Damn. I wouldn't mind a cool. check for five what? bucks every now and again. What was the show? I don't remember. Dang. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, this was like 99, 98. It's probably like Legends of the Hidden Temple or something. I, <laughs> it was a DJ, you know. I was a, I was a DJ with a reoccurring role on the show. That's what the job was. Oh, would it be? No, that's MTV. I was thinking Singled Out. They kind of had a DJ guy on there. I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. I just was. And that was the other thing. I was like, I'm not a fucking DJ. Like, the other yeah. guy was really a DJ. You know, he spun the ones and twos, the stacks of wax and all that shit. <laughs> and I hate it being called a DJ. I was always told, um, you don't want to be a DJ. If you're a DJ, you're in the club and you're spinning music. You're not a DJ. You're a radio personality. There is a difference. Um, that's why I hate the term DJ. I'm not a disc jockey. I'm not, I, don't, I don't spin records. And well, so, it doesn't even make sense anyway because nobody really spins records anymore. No, I understand that. But the guy, the, 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 the producer of the show, the casting people and whatnot, they're like, uh, all right, let's bring him in for a DJ. I'm like, I'm not a DJ. Well, the role's for a DJ. I understand, but I'm not a DJ. Uh, what are you? I'm a radio personality. Well, the role's not for a radio personality. It's for a DJ. You have to play a DJ. You are a DJ. I'm not a DJ. I'm a radio personality. So you don't want this role. No, I can play the role, but I'm not a DJ. <laughs> it's like, they're like, get this fucking asshole out of here. This 20-something-year-old punk-ass kid. Get him out of here. We're just trying to do a television show for Nickelodeon. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Bob Saget, rest in peace, my friend. You will be sorely missed, extremely missed by me and millions of other people. Thank you for everything that you not only brought to us, the fans, but from the radio side of things, like I started this conversation, I was no different than most of the other radio personalities that you befriended. And I thought that was just a really good, and I know that for a fact. Um, so thank you for doing that. You, you really made us feel special and made us feel like we were a part of your life uh, off screen or off stage. And that to me goes a long way in our business when there's a lot of bad people uh, that just want something. They just want a handout. Bob necess not necessarily wanted any of that stuff. He just wanted to live life, have a good time, and be Bob Saget to entertain people. That's all he wanted. So with that being said, uh, Nate, you ready for your Mexico moment? Yes. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. Sponsored by Furry Family Comfort Care. Uh, Stephanie, registered veterinary technician, certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats with over 20 years experience. I think I'm getting that word right. I know I always screw it up. But uh, this is an amazing service. I say this time and time again. Nate and I both wish that we knew Stephanie and Furry Family Comfort Care when... Nate's dog, Pharaoh, was still alive, and Allie, my dog, was still alive because there's a lot of things that she could have told us or done for our dogs that probably would have extended their life, like that cold laser therapy. If you're in the Atlanta area, she can help out with that. Um, but if you're not in the Atlanta area and you just want a virtual assessment, she can do that as well. You just go to our website, furryfamilycc.com, furryfamilycc.com. Thank you to Furry Family Comfort Care. Nate's Mexico Moment. Go ahead, Nate. 
This uh, this was actually maybe a week or two ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, when um, when my family was in town for Christmas. So they they stayed at the hotel that we normally would stay at for our anniversary, and it's the Hilton. So it's an all inclusive, and so obviously all the drinks, the food, everything's included. So that was kind of the issue with us living here is you can't just walk into one of those all inclusives. You have to either buy a day pass or be staying there. Um, so what we did was you four people can stay in a room. So my brother and his girlfriend were there also with my parents. And so they added us on to their room itinerary. So when, um, so when they landed and they got to the hotel, we just showed up at the same time, just walked down from our apartment and got in, uh, got the wristbands and everything. Cause we were technically staying in their room. So it was great. So every day when my family was here, we could uh, just go over, eat breakfast, we went at the pool, free drinks and everything all day. It was, it was fantastic. But the last day when they were leaving, their flight was, I can't remember what time, but they had to leave at like 10.30 a.m., which you know n- normally you check out at 11. So Alexis and I were like, well, we still have these wristbands. And they cut them off when you leave. So we told, and they didn't know we were living here. So we told them, we're like, why don't we just say, that our flight's not till later today because, you know, at an all-inclusive or just a normal hotel, they'll usually let you hang out for the rest of the day after you have to check out. Put They'll put your luggage, like, in the back room or something. So we told them that. We're like, hey, hey, our flight isn't until 7 p.m. Is there any way we can just kind of hang out, enjoy the facilities while, you know, we wait to, to leave for our flight? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll cut your wristbands off and give you a temporary wristband. So after uh, my parents had to take off, we just sat there for the rest of the day and swam in the pool and drank the free drinks when all the restaurants, it was great. And they, uh, before my parents had left in their rooms, they both had mini fridges that they would refill every day. So we cleaned out those mini fridges. We took a couple washcloths and, and towels and stuff and like everything. My, uh, my brother's girlfriend took the Kleenex box and opened it up and took all the Kleenexes out. I mean, we just took any shampoos, sh- uh, like soap, shower stuff everything so we just kind of cleaned out the rooms before we had taken off we need to get more subscribers and more sponsors for this project nate because you're living like a homeless poor man right now you're just <laughs> like don't you feel a little dirty that you're you're scrounging just a little bit no yeah, i mean if, if we're staying there for the rest of the day it's all included anyway so you know why not take advantage of it and you're i, stealing, I say you guys are, you're, yeah, you're stealing tissues though i mean you're still you probably took the toilet paper as well I did, but you know, what if I had eaten a lot of refried beans or something? I'm going to use that toilet paper. It's not any skin off of their back. I don't know. There's, I say, there's like a certain level of uh, like, you know, I'm I'm past this point. I mean, this is college stuff. Like, I yeah. would go to restaurants and st- steal silverware, and like, why should I go to Walmart and buy salt and pepper shakers when I don't have the money? And there's two right there, you know. Why why should I? I need an ashtray. I don't smoke that often, but I got a lot of people that come over and smoke. They got a nice stand-up one. They'll go great on my patio. I can't afford that. I'm sure they've got another one in the back. Why can't I take that one? I get it <laughs> when you're in college. I understand it. But you're almost 40 years old, and I'm looking at a table filled with stuff. It looks like you stole the entire hotel. Yeah, we did. And so we found the bar that would give you – they wouldn't pour the like a draft beer. They would put give you a can of beer. So we just sat by there, and we would grab them. And what we both did is we both brought backpacks to the to the hotel that day. <laughs> So we were just like shoving this stuff in the backpacks. Even the food, we went and ordered a couple mini pizzas. We put those in our backpacks. And so when we were getting ready to leave, we're like, we can't walk out the front door because they were asking us about our transportation. And they check very well of who's leaving and coming back to the hotel. 
So we're like, oh yeah, we got our transportation taken care of, but we didn't want to go out the front because we obviously don't. We walked there. Um, so we went out the beach side and while we're leaving the beach side with these giant backpacks of junk, the security guard comes up to us because we don't have the wristbands on anymore. We just have a little paper and he's like, are you guys staying here? Yeah, we are. But, you know, we're just we're getting ready to take off. We thought we'd go down and you know check out the beach. And he sat there and he watched us for a while. And then we just kind of ran down the beach really quick and took <laughs> off with all our stuff in the backpacks. You, I, I'm, I'm envisioning trading places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy when Dan Aykroyd is drunk, dressed as Santa Claus, and he stuffs the giant salmon in his Santa suit. And then he starts eating it. And it's a mixture of salmon and the white cotton fur on the lapel. That's what you and your wife are right now. You're drunk Santa Claus, Dan Aykroyd. Yep, totally. Yeah, we took mini pizzas. We a bunch of, they have like a little dessert bar. So we got all these little desserts. Um, How did you, what's in the chicken wings? What's in the bowl? It looks like a salad. Did you steal a salad? Salad? Um, What is that one? I mean, that's, oh, that's not closed. I mean, I see the pizza's got a cover, but I see the chicken wings. I see a, a salad. Oh, that's a poke bowl. Yeah, but how do you steal a poke bowl if it's not covered? We just ordered it, and then we just put it in the in the backpack right side up, and then we just covered it with some of the toilet paper. <laughs> How long did this stuff last you and Alexis? Uh, probably like a week. Actually, I still got some of the sodas. <laughs> Brandon's sitting there going, this is brilliant. I do the same thing when I go to the soup kitchen. There's a church. A great idea. There's a church right off the uh, Fifth Street down the, down the road here. I go there. They serve all these people. There's a long line. I skip the line, and... I put extra soup in my cargo shorts. It's just, that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that happening. Totally amazing. All right. Uh, Well, make sure you have a buffet when we come down there in April, so we don't have to buy anything either. Yeah, we will. Are you going to ask us to bring more stuff for you down there, like an entire suitcase, or will you be able to bring it back since we're going both, we're both going to Mexico at the same time after you come back to Atlanta? Yeah, since maybe we'll be on the same flight, yeah, I won't need you to bring anything. I'll I'll bring my own stuff. So uh, I'm thinking, I've got this paddleboard, right? This blow up paddleboard. They're fairly expensive, and they're really cool if you can get up on it. Um, I could never get up on it because the water was always well. It could be me, but we had it at the condo in Destin, and, and we don't have that anymore. So um, uh, we were going to bring it down to you because I'm not going to use it. That would be cool. Yeah, when it fits in a backpack. So, like, you know, if you do it right and put it back the way it's shipped, it's actually fairly, I mean, it's still a backpack. I would have to, I don't know how I would bring it with me and pay for an extra thing, or I don't want to ask you to pay for an extra bag if you don't want it, but is that something you would want down there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have the, the Delta card? I do. How many bags do you get? One bag or two free bags? You get one free bag, and it can't be okay. more than I think fifty-two pounds. So I have my suitcase with my clothes. Then you can bring on the plane a backpack and one extra bag. So um, on the plane, and mm-hmm. that would be my broadcasting equipment. But this year, I'm trying. I might do it differently. I might put the broadcasting equipment in a suitcase so I don't get pulled over by Mexican security asking for receipts, you know, because of the, 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 the box that it's in, you know, that, that hard shell box. They want to yeah. ask me for a receipt for my mixer board. I'm like, are you kidding me? Thank God I bought it off Amazon. And it's like, if it's over $500, you got a guy with a fucking machine gun sitting next to me going, <laughs> find the receipts. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like Jesus. So, uh, but I still got to bring that. Maybe Rage can do the thing. I don't know. 
you want it. Yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, it's worth it to, to just pay for a bag. So what's it, like 30 bucks for a bag, 35 or something? 50, I believe. Oh, damn. 50. Oh, yeah, because it's your set. They, they charge your second bag as if you've already purchased the first bag. Right, 50 bucks. Yeah, so, but yeah, that's worth it because you're not going to find a, a paddleboard for 50 bucks down here. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, so. you definitely will. This one's expensive. This is like $500. So, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, if you want it, I'll pay the extra $50 and put it in a suitcase. Oh, that's very nice of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah might as well. I, I tried it one time on the Chattahoochee, but it was super hard. I guess maybe because the the current of the water or something, but That's yeah, I need to practice. That, you know, you know who says things like that? Me and you, people that can't stand up on them. You blame the current, <laughs> but I've seen people stand up on them with the same current. It's us. I'm telling you, they're not yeah. the easiest things in the world to stand up on. Um, that's why I don't want it anymore. Plus, I got nowhere for it. You know, I'm, I'm not traveling. I'm not getting into paddle paddle boarding. You can practice in your hot tub. Yeah, I can practice in the hot tub, possibly. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, for those that are listening this week, uh, these are the Free Bay episodes. Uh, Back to subscriptions on Monday for the two percenters. Remember, we got that Atlanta Grill Company complete rub set for you two percenters. So if you are thinking of subscribing, you're automatically in the the drawing for that. If you're already a subscriber, don't worry about it. Got your email address. Uh, This next conversation is a follow-up to Monday's conversation with Whiskey Rose. That cool dude that uh, shot the viral video of the lady that went nutso on the Delta flight from Tampa to Atlanta. Uh, We all thought it was about a mask, and now we're finding out it was not about a mask at all. It was just some drunk middle-aged bitch being a bitch. And her victim was uh, an older guy by the name of Russell Miller. And uh, thanks to Whiskey Rose, we're going to have Russell Miller. He's the one on the viral video that we've all seen get slapped and scratched and spit on. His wife puts his face in the jaws of life with her hands. Uh, It was a mess. But this guy, who's my hero, he put that bitch in her place. He even called her a bitch. And I think called her a pussy as well. Kind of like what Brandon is, pussy. Uh, So we'll talk to Russell Miller here next. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. I'm glad a lot of you are using that uh, mention the BS, get 10% off your laser engraving when you go to Flying Monkey Firearms. Uh, they do a really good job, and uh, especially those pistols. You know, it looks really nice with your initials. Uh, one guy had some kind of decal put into it or what. They can do it all there. I mean, we're talking about uh, a, a core uh, group of military and law enforcement veterans that came together with similar interests and a similar mindset, and they, you know, made Flying Monkey Firearms, flyingmonkeyfirearms.com. So what do, what do they do for you? In case you just don't know, other than sponsor the BS, in which we appreciate not only that, but also their service, they repair and upgrade firearms. They're a full-service gunsmith shop from assembling parts and cleaning firearms to building one-of-a-kind guns. They really do it all. And I've seen some of the firearms that they've actually built, and it's badass. Uh, they have CNC and manual mills, Uh, laser marking capabilities, finishing services, so on and so forth. So check them out. If you're in Georgia, they're in Lawrenceville. If you want to go online and do some shopping or get a hold of them, flyingmonkeyfirearms.com. I love our sponsors on the BS because they're jobs that I know personally – as uh, as a guy that tries to do it yourself, but there's I'm looking for these guys. Like if I've got some land and a couple buddies of mine actually do have some land up in North Georgia in Blue Ridge that they're going to build a cabin. 
how do you find somebody to clear the land? Like, I don't even know where to start looking. But if you're listening to the BS, you know you're going to get a hold of Charles Fountain and JHM Land Solutions, LLC. It is a family-owned grading, land-clearing, mulching, and tree company. He does it all. By the way, JHM represents his kids, Jeremy, Hunter, and May Lee. Uh, in that order of birth, just so you know, in case you have, uh, you're at a party and you got some party trivia with JHM Land Solutions. So, landowners, homeowners, businesses wanting to turn their—that's another thing. Businesses, you're getting ready to put something up, wanting to turn your property into usable space. JHM Land Solutions, land clearing, grading, mulching, and the tree work anytime, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. So for our listeners outside of the state of Georgia, they treat every project big or small the most care and strive to exceed all expectations. So solutions for your outdoor space. This is simple stuff, but this is the guy you go to, right? 770-274-9120. That's 770-274-9120. JHM Land Solutions. FurryFamilyCC.com. Where's that website going to take you? I'll tell you, the Furry Family Comfort Care. This is absolutely amazing. Stephanie is a registered veterinary technician certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats with over 20 years experience. So if your fur baby, you know, needs a little extra special attention or you just want to know if you should take your little fur baby to the the, the doctor, the vet, uh, you can do these virtual uh, assignments or mobile assignments with Stephanie and her staff, furryfamilycc.com. Let technology work for you. Very excited to tell you about Orden Financial, sponsor of the BS. This is virtual bookkeeping, you know, so it doesn't matter where you're listening to the show at. You know, you got tax time coming up. It's going to be here before we know it. Contractors, consultants, 1099ers, side hustlers, freelancers, the self-employed, moi. Orden Financial. They've got a special website just for you because you're a two percenter. Ordenfinancial.com slash Bailey. You got to reach out to my buddy Eric. You got to do this before uh, April 15th, 2022. The sooner the better, right? Being self-employed brings unexpected challenges. They're going to make the taxes part, well, suck just less, right? <laughs> you can do it all virtually, like I said. So if you're self-employed, still not too late to virtually meet with Orden Financial. If you're self-employed, you can virtually meet with them and improve your tax outcome and financial wellness. Year-round tax help, recommended tax-saving strategies from the IRS enrolled agents. They got their QuickBooks Pro Advisors and Gusto People Advisors. Go to ordenfinancial.com slash Bailey. And back to you, Jason. Well, we all know the story. We've had the filmmaker of the event that took place on the that flight, that horrible flight from Tampa <laughs> to Atlanta uh, some days back for this crazy woman who was nuts. On this gentleman who was just trying to get to Atlanta for whatever reason. We're going to find out because we're going to talk to that gentleman who I'd like to call a hero. Because, as I've always said, people need to be held accountable for their actions. And somebody needs to stand up and put people in their place. And Russell Miller did just that. Now, Russell, you might have got slapped and you might have got spit on. And your wife might have squeezed your jaws shut. (laughs) But... But you sure did make a viral point. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we know the story. Uh, I've played the audio numerous times. This this woman, this crazy, crazy woman. Um, and we find out the real story from Whiskey Rose, and I'm assuming you're going to tell the same thing. It, 
really wasn't about a mask at all at first. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't about the mask at all. She was trying to grasp at straws at the end. Yeah, this is, she was looking for something to pick a fight with because she was embarrassed, right? Because she didn't get her way. She didn't get her way, and she lost her seat on the airplane. How do you lose your seat on an airplane? I don't know, but she couldn't. She didn't know where her seat was, and that's what started the whole thing. Yeah, and she's, you know, just by your luck, she's causing this ruckus behind the drink cart, which is right next to you in your aisle, and you're sitting on the aisle seat. I'm assuming that's your wife next to you. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay, lovely woman, and uh, and 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 so take us from, you know, just to kind of paint the picture for those that haven't seen the viral video, this this middle aged woman, you know, again her background is she had some spot acting deals on like Baywatch back in the day. She did a little nudity stuff for play, but she's a woman in my opinion that never reached her peak and is still searching for something. Um, that would be my you know, evaluation of her just from this video. And I'm pretty damn good at that kind of stuff. Whiskey Rose is filming this whole thing as we learned from that conversation. And poor Russell Miller and his wife are sitting there. So at what point, sir, did you just say, all right, enough of this. I'm done dealing with it. I got to handle it. Well, it started off, she walked from the front of the plane to the back of the plane. And there's a bathroom at the front of the plane. I don't know why she walked to the back of the plane. She walked to the back. In-flight service started while she was in the bathroom. They got to my aisle. They gave my wife and I water and pretzels and moved on to the to the uh, row in front of me. And this woman comes out of the bathroom, walks up to the flight attendant, taps her on the shoulder, says, can you help me find my seat? The flight attendant was very nice. She turned and says, ma'am, very short flight. I need to get this in-flight service done. There's some open seats in the back of the plane. If you'll go sit down there. As soon as the in-flight service is over, I'll be happy to help you find your seat. Then the lady grabs her shoulder and says, no, you're going to help me find my seat now. Flight attendant is very nice, because they have to be. Mm -hmm. And she says, ma'am, the the manifest is in the third of the point. I can't get by the drink card right now. As soon as I get this done, I'll get the manifest, you give me your name, and I'll find the seat. The lady yells at her name and says, find my seat. And you're treating me like Rosa Parks. And at then, at that point, I knew it wasn't it was going downhill for the flight attendant. And she can't do anything, but I can say something. And yeah. it was happening right next to me. So I said, ma'am, this is not, you're not black. This is not Alabama. This is not the 1950s. And it's not, this is not a bus, it's an airplane. Please do what the lady asked and go back to the back of the back of the plane. She'll help you in a minute. Yeah. And the lady Patricia Cornwall says, um, why are you butting into my conversation? I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to her. I said, at that point, I really had enough. I said, Karen, go to the back of the plane. (laughs) And about half the plane gasped and applauded when I said that. Yeah. So then she started in on me. Um, you have no right to talk to me that way. Uh, I said, listen, you're a Karen. Go to the back of the plane. And she says, stand up, you pussy. Stand up, you pussy. And I was still seatbelted in. And I said, no, you're the pussy. Go to the back of the plane, Karen. And then she said, what did you call me? And then I called her a bitch. Yeah. And she punched me, closed fist with her left hand in my right cheek. 
Then she leaned over and spit in my face, and then she reached with the fingernails on the on the left side of my face and scratched my face. Mm. Let's not um, for, let's not forget though. Uh, you know, in the middle of this amazingly told story by Russell Miller, is that you know because the viral video, people are looking at it like the rest of them, like this is a mass situation. So you're you're looking at it like because that's how I looked at it when I first saw it. This woman is pissed off at this gentleman because he doesn't have a mask on, and that's the rules of the plane. Now, if you look at it like that, you know, you, you side with the woman because that's the rules of the plane. That's what you sign up for. But that's not the case here. The case is, and also on a plane, you can take your mask off to have your snacks and your drink. Russell had just gotten served. Russell wasn't trying to buck the system. He was just minding his own business. You can't eat a snack with your mask on. You know, right. you know so it, it, it nothing to do with the mask stuff, right? Only, only at the end when the, when the flight attendants finally... Three flight attendants got together on the other side of the drink cart and started telling her to please mask up and go to the back of the plane. She looks at me and says, well, he's not wearing his mask. I'm not masking up until he masks up. And I still had the bottle of water in my hand. If you look in the videos, you can see the little four ounce uh, yeah. of, of bottle of water in my hand. And I said, the law says that I eating and drinking, I don't have to wear a mask, but your mask is down. Put your mask on, Karen. And uh, then she just started with, you need to mask up, mask up. I'm not masking up until he masked up. Then two passengers from the back of the plane, at the request of the flight attendants, came up behind her. One grabbed each arm and escorted her to the back of the plane. And then apparently there was flight security on the plane who had done nothing up to that point, went to the back and restrained her in the back of the plane for the rest of the flight. Well, they, you know, we had this conversation with Whiskey Rose, which brings up a great point, you know, to make the situation even worse with with her and well, with everything is that, you know, these air marshals are there for one reason and one reason only. And that is not to take crazy drunk bitches down, but in case there's a terrorist on board or somebody that wants to harm the entire plane. So they need to stay incognito. You know, so I'm assuming that's why he did not get involved, thinking that the flight attendants were going to be able to do it. But when it got to the point where there was physical altercation on you from her, then he had to get involved, which then blows his cover. So, like, if you want to really think down the road, if the bad guys really want to mess us up on, on these planes, you do an incident like this to flush out the air marshals, and then you go about your business. So thanks, right. Karen, for screwing that up for us, right? Well, he wasn't sitting with his wife. His wife and child were sitting in the row ahead of him. And when I went to get off the plane, the stewardess is asking to, to deboard the plane as normal and wait in the sky bridge. And then the police came on when everybody was off the plane. They had like five cop cars waiting by the airplane when we pulled in. And all these 10 policemen came on board and they're checking with me. They're checking on her. They take off the restraints they had on the plane. They put her in the silver handcuffs and escorted off the plane and they wanted me to wait in Skybridge so I could see her go off the plane and then down the stairs to the waiting police car. She didn't walk up to the back to the airport to the gate. She was taken out a side door. So you did you I'm sorry, did you get to see her once again or no? I saw her then. Yeah. She didn't look at me. They, she was looking to go down the steps and make sure she didn't fall down. But yes, the policeman took her out. Then the policeman came back and interviewed me, took pictures of my scratch. Asked me if it was okay. They said, we got paramedics standing by. Do you need a paramedic? I said, no, my wife is a nurse. 
the, the flight attendants had already given her everything she needed to take care of my scratch. And I was all good at that point. Yeah. It was gratifying to see her go away in handcuffs. And then my flight went from Atlanta onto South Carolina. We were going to my stepson and daughter-in-law's for Christmas. And we're driving home from the uh, airport there. And my phone rings. And my son says, wouldn't that be funny if that was the FBI? I answered the phone, and it was the FBI. Wow. They asked me to send all the videos because, like, seven people on the plane and were taking different videos of this. They caught the last two minutes and not the first minute because uh, they didn't know anything was happening at that time, so they didn't have their phones out. So he asked me for the videos. He asked me for copies of my face. He said, once again, she did strike you in the face. I said, yes. I said, yes. She said, she did spit in your face. I said, yes. She did scratch you in the face. And I said, yes. She said, send me pictures of all this. Uh, she will be spending the entire weekend in jail. The courts are closed. She can't have first appearance wow. until after the weekend. Wow. You know, so she, what, she was in jail in Atlanta for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, until Monday. What's crazy still, and I, I've said this a million times, is we have cameras everywhere. And they're so easy and, and inexpensive to install. You know, I've got them all over my house. I'm a big fan of cameras and security. Why the hell do we not have cameras on airplanes yet? Expense, I guess. I the guess. Airlines the airlines have been struggling since COVID, not flying full. And they're finally back to flying full, so I, they just haven't installed them. Yeah, because the problem with these viral videos is, you know, for Joe General Public, they just want to see, you know, the, the fighting and the ruckus and all that stuff. But for people that are involved, uh, like yourself, Russell, you know, you, you want Joe General Public to see the start, the, the middle and the end. And like I said earlier, you know, if you look at Whiskey Rose's viral video, it's a woman complaining about the mask situation, which is going to garner a lot of attention from the mask wearing side of, of society. And Russell's the bad guy. And that wasn't the case. You know, it had no, nothing to do with that. Russell was holding a drunk elitist person responsible, holding them responsible for their actions on a plane pool full of people with kids that didn't need to be involved in this. You know, so Here's, here's a, you know, this is the day, you know, days, weeks after these types of events. This is when I like to talk to the people involved because I like to ask the questions that nobody ever gets the, the answers to. First question for you, Russell, is how much trouble did you get in after this was all said and done from your wife? She looked pissed that you kept this going with this woman. Yes, she was. She was dragging my arm and I never took my seatbelt off, so... When she kept asking me to stand up, I wasn't going to stand up. I knew if I did anything, I was going to go to jail, too. I just gave her enough rope to hang herself, which she did. Yeah, so what, but did, you know, did your wife say, um, she not talk to you for a day or two, or she not make you breakfast the next day or something? I mean, what kind of trouble, what kind of doghouse were you in at the Miller household? She didn't put me in a doghouse. We were going to my son and daughter-in-law's house, and she didn't say anything for the Five days that we stayed with them. Uh, she did say something when we got home, and she still, when I told her that I was doing a podcast today, she says, won't this thing ever die down and make sure you don't say anything wrong, and I, I wish it had never happened. I wish you had no your mouth. So, yes, she still said it even today. Do you have any regrets? Would you do it differently if it happened again? I didn't know I was going to get punched, spit on, and scratched, so I didn't obviously like that. 
these people go off on them for a long period of time. And I just wasn't going to let that happen in this case. Yeah. Uh, my, my nephews and my grandsons all give me props that I even knew what a Karen was and that I used the term properly. <laughs> and the reports all say that I'm an elderly man and I'm 80 years old and I'm 69. I'm not as old as everyone said. I hope I don't look that old. <laughs> Everybody's lying about Russell's age. You know, well, you know, to, this was another part of the conversation we had with Whiskey Rose, the, the gentleman that filmed it. You know, Whiskey's an interesting guy. He's a young guy in his 20s. He's tattooed from top to bottom. And I brought up the idea that, you know, you two would have never developed a friendship if this would have never happened. And from what I understand, you guys talk, you know, every so often. And, and I think that's great. I think it's, so this has actually brought two people from two totally opposite ends of the spectrum together, um, you know, just as friends because of, of this, this elitist uh, dumbass woman, which I think is kind of cool. But I asked whiskey, I said, what if, what if Russell was filming and you were the guy and everything happened the exact same way? Um, I don't know if this story would be the same story if he were in that seat versus you because of your age and innocence. You know, I think it's the people would look at Whiskey Rose and go, this punk ass gangster with all these tattoos, he probably asked for it. Right. I, I would agree with that. And uh, Whiskey Rose uh, is the first one to give me the video that he took when I got off the plane. Yeah. He asked for my number. He didn't know my name. And in the text that he sent me about it, about the video that he sent me, he calls me boss man. <laughs> because he's got respect for his elders. And that was another conversation we had is that, you know, this world loses respect for their elders and for other people just in general. You know, I mean, when you're wrong, you have to be grown up enough. This woman's no kid, you know, to know when you're wrong. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're getting called out, you're getting called out. And then you have to realize it and not make matters worse. She made matters worse, and you took her down. I love it. I think it's great. Everything about you're my hero. You're my 2022 oh, hero. I I, 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 I preach it all the time, sir. You hold people accountable for their actions. Um, another thing that I want to know is what set you off was her Rosa Parks comment. You're obviously a white guy. If you were an African-American person, that'd make 10 times more sense. Was that really the comment that made you upset or was it just in general of her acting out? Well, it started with the way she was acting with the flight attendant. But then when she brought up Rosa Parks and there was no one black involved in this at all. And she tried to bring race into this, in my opinion, but she's been treated like Rosa Parks. She's not a Rosa Parks. She's a self-entitled white woman from California. Um, She's had multiple run-ins with the law. She had a DUI in North Florida in November and almost got arrested for assaulting a, a on the officer when he tried to arrest her. Um, her sister-in-law has a restraining order against her. Her ex-husband has a restraining order against her. Um, she's been a bad person, and she thinks she's entitled, and I can tell by her actions. When she walked from the front of the plane to the back of the plane, she didn't have her mask on then. I was told by people that she was vaping in the back of the plane out of the bathroom, which is, again, not allowed on the airplane. Nobody thought that up either. I didn't see it. Uh, some other people told me that when they were walking off the plane. She broke the rules left and right. Was she looking to try and get something on a free flight later 
in the flight attendant because the flight attendant, in her opinion, didn't help her. I don't know, but I wouldn't let them let it go on with her. Uh, I'm a man. I can take the punch. I can take the, the spit. I can take the scratch better than a woman could take it. And I wasn't going to let it go down that road. I just, it bothered me. Yeah. I, 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 again, the respect, you know, not that you're elderly, sir, but for our elders, you know, for those that are older that have done 10 million more things in this world that we've done, you're not always right, but you should respect the time that you've served on this earth. And uh, I, I, I kind of chalk that up, you know, even though she's, you know, not far off in age of you, I'm assuming she's probably in her late forties. I don't know her age exactly. She's 51. 51. Okay. So 51. So she's, you know, you're not much older than she is. She should know. She should know better than that. Um, how much time did you have to spend when you deboarded with the authorities? How much of a headache was that for you and your travel? Well, we only had 58 minutes to make our connecting flight, and my wife was distraught that we were going to miss our flight on to see our stepson, her son, and our daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And uh, our Delta was very nice. Uh, it took about 25 minutes for the police to take their pictures and do all the questions that they wanted to ask and get all the information that they needed. And uh, Delta had one of those golf carts to carry people yeah. moving outside the gate to take us to our next gate to make sure we didn't meet our, miss our next flight. That's how you get on those things, Nate. I've always wanted to be toted around by those constantly beeping golf carts. That's how you do it. You got to put somebody in their place and get interviewed by the FBI. <laughs> okay. <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, do you have a question for our hero, Russell Miller? Yeah, what did um, once the your family that you were going to see your stepson and daughter in law what what did they say when you, I don't know if you told them or your or your wife did what were they worried about you were they proud of you like what what was their reaction when you talked to them? Uh, well, they they didn't know about it until I got into their car with my with my stepson to drive back to their home. Uh, daughter in law wasn't there, and of course we told them about the whole thing and. He said, are you in any trouble? That was his first question. And I said, no, the pilot shook my hand, the stewardess, the flight attendant hugged me, the one that was mostly involved in this. So, no, I wasn't in trouble. I didn't feel bad about it. And they feel the same way that you guys seem to feel about it, that I did the right thing. Absolutely. 110% you did the right thing. I know it's a headache, especially when you become Internet famous and you have to deal with the – you know, the bad with the good, but you did, you did the right thing. And you set an example. I think, I think other people look at you now and go, you know what? I'm going to speak up next time. You know, if done properly, um, then, you know, and I don't know if there is a proper way because as soon as somebody, you know, it's the old uh, movie theater kind of theory, you know, somebody's embarrassed in public, they're going to act out and they're going to do stupid stuff and there's just no getting away around it. And it usually ends with, you know, somebody throwing punches uh, and, and whatnot. Hey, what kind of backlash? Uh, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people on the Internet, and I don't know how social media heavy you are, Russell, but what kind of backlash have you gotten? Have you gotten any threats to your house or to your, your grandkids or your kids? No, or anything? no threats to my house or my grandkids. I want to say it's 99% positive. There's 1% that don't get the fact that it wasn't about the mask, even though, I've been on Insider Edition. I've been on the uh, UK Daily Mail. Uh, it's all over England. My friends in England have seen me all over in England with about, about this incident. So 99% of it is positive. One person said, um, 
you were just as guilty as her by not having your mask on. And uh, she's probably already lost her job. And she's going to have, looking at possible jail time for what happened on the airplane, maybe you need to back off of all of this and just leave her alone. And I'm saying, what did I do to the wrong? Right. I deflected stuff away from a flight attendant who couldn't do anything. I could do something, and I did. Yeah. What uh? What's your place now? Because these are federal charges, so you don't have to press charges if you don't want to. It doesn't matter. She's still going to get dinged with numerous charges on a federal level. What are you doing personally to press charges, if anything? Well, the FBI contacted me and asked me, would I fly back to Atlanta to testify at her trial? And I said, of course I would, just to make sure that she gets what she deserves. He said, even if she pleads guilty, you can, we will still fly you back, and you can at least give the judge a quote-unquote victim statement about what happened on the plane. So, yes, I'm going. When, when, uh, is, when is that trial, do you know, or do they not even know yet? I didn't give me a date yet. Federal, right. it's going to be probably a year from now. You make me a promise, please, sir. When you come into Atlanta, because that's where I'm at, just north, uh, you let me and my wife buy you and your wife dinner. I want to meet you. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I, Thank you for that. You don't have to, but. I, I know I don't, but I, I I, want to. I'll take you to a nice steakhouse or wherever you want to go. Um, I just want to get to know you. I think I love stuff like this. I love when people get their asses handed to them, rightfully. You know, I mean, that's just what it's all about. Uh, get your lesson learned there. Brandon, you got a question for Russell? Uh, yeah, do you know what jail she's in? <laughs> she's been released now. She was released. She went to the uh, Atlanta regular Atlanta jail. Uh, the FBI interviewed her there. She was released. She is on the national do not fly list. The only time she can fly in the future was to fly back to California, back to Atlanta for her trial, and back to California other than that, she's not allowed on an airplane at all. They've already imposed those sanctions on her, yeah. to my knowledge. Brandon, if you're looking for the right Atlanta jail, because there's so many, um, I know right now you're thinking that she was taken to Cumulus Media. That's not the right jail. There's a different <laughs> Sorry, Russell. It's a inside joke vendetta that we have. Uh, so, so after this, I mean, you're back to your normal life. I mean, it's been a minute since this has happened. Has everything, for the most part, died down except for people like me that – Want to hear the whole story and nothing but the story? I still have friends that I haven't seen in years. Finally realizing after seeing the uh, Insider Edition and the Fox News report on it that it was me. And they're contacting me say, tell me the whole story. It can't be just the mask thing. Mm. So I'm talking to people across the country that I haven't seen or talked to in a long time. Want to know what the heck happened. That's great. You're re- are you retired? I'm semi-retired. Yeah, what, uh, what I made eyeglasses for 16 years. I was a Walgreens and Eckerd drugstore manager for 24 years. Huh. And uh, I retired, sat on the couch and gained 18 pounds and got a job as a bridge tender. I raise and lower the Johns Pass Bridge between Treasure Island and Madeira Beach. Yeah. Uh, four days on, four days off, 6 a.m. to 2 in the afternoon. That's why I couldn't meet you at noon today. I had to wait till 3 after I got off the bridge today. That's fantastic. You always lived in Florida? All my life. I was born at the Dell Air Force Base and lived in Florida all my life. I went to Gory Wilson and Plant. I went to college in Lakeland at Southeastern College. So, yes, I've been around here all of my life. That's crazy. I also heard 
that a little claim to fame outside this viral. I know sometimes it takes a good 50 plus years to have a new claim to fame, but back in the fifties, you were on romper room. Is that true? That is correct. Why I didn't even know romper room existed in the fifth. I knew it existed in the seventies because I was born in 75. My brother was on it in the early seventies, maybe even late sixties, probably late sixties actually. And I would wait for that woman to say, I see Jason in that mirror. So you must have been like OG romper room, like right around when it first started. It was 1958. I was six years old and I was on romper room for a week. Everyone that went on, went on for a week. Uh, I can send you a picture of me from the romper room show. With me <laughs> sitting, sitting in one of the little desks. That's so, fantastic. Did she, who was the lady on romper room? What was her name? Who was the host? Miss June. Miss June. And she would, did she ever say, I see Russell? I see, I see. She say your name? Well, in my family, there's been a lot of Russells with different middle initials. My middle name is Samuel. So I go by Sam most of the time. Oh, okay. And uh, she said, I see Sammy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would <laughs> wait. I would wait for her to say, I see Jason. I was addicted. I was like, gosh, I know she's going to see me. I know she's. Why hasn't she seen me in like five days? This woman has got to see me. And then uh, I remember the day she saw me. I was like, oh, I made it. She saw me. That's great. That's fantastic. Uh, that's great. Has anybody, uh, this last question, and then we'll leave you alone, sir. Um, and I really appreciate your time. I, I really, really do. You're, you're a fantastic uh, human being. Has anyone reached out to you to kind of exploit this in a positive way for you? A lot of times when these things happen, let's take, for example, a couple years back, the uh, gentleman, and we actually talked to him, that was on the skateboard with the cranberry juice and uh, listening to Fleetwood Mac ends up getting a lifetime supply of cranberry juice. And then like all these endorsements and money's being thrown at him because he's a viral sensation. You're, you know, internet famous. Has anybody reached out to you to exploit this in a positive way for you? No, they have not. No. Are you open for endorsements or maybe you could be the new all-time air marshal for Delta? <laughs> um, yeah, sure, I would be open to it. I'm not sure my wife would be open to it. She wants it to die down and go away. Yeah. But she you, says, you know, you, you may be an internet sensation, but you still have to take out the garbage and you still have to go with it to the grocery store and all this kind of stuff. Just because you're special, you're not that special. <laughs> She's putting you in your place, sir, is she not? She's making sure that I don't get my head swell up too big. That's 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 what they're supposed to do. We all have good wives that make sure that we're in check. Uh, I can just see Russell uh, Nate being on like a reality show, like CBS reaching out, going, "Would you have any interest in being on Big Brother, spending three months of the summer on a soundstage? You'd be perfect for it, right?" I suppose it could happen. I'm not looking for that. I I wasn't looking for this to go as viral as it did. I just wanted to keep. The flight attendant from taking the abuse she didn't need to take. Here, here's why I'm glad this went viral. And here's why I'm glad this Well, numerous reasons, because, again, I like seeing people held accountable. But I got the opportunity to meet you. And you're just a fantastic person. Like, so thank you for putting this woman in her place so we got to meet you. Like, I, I really feel honored that I got to spend this kind of time with you. I respect my elders, not that you're elderly, but I respect people that are like you. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was very nice meeting you too. All right. You take care and thanks again for your time.
No problem. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And I'm going to send you the romper room pictures. Yes, because I see, not Russell, but I see Sam. I see him right there. That's one big romper room. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see you, sir. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. All right, fellas, enough of this dilly-dallying around with our health. It's uh, no joke, you know. you got to get serious about it at some point. As, the, as uh, the older you get, the less time you find yourself going to the gym, eating better, so on and so forth. At 46 years of age, you know, when I found out for the first time when I went to Nubertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, that my testosterone was so low, you know. According to the federal government, I'm fine. But in real life, not good. And it was really because of my sleeping habits at the time. So Nubertese Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Not to say that they can't help you if you're listening to the BS uh, anywhere else in the world. You can reach them at menswellnessleague.com and they can have a virtual consultation with you. So, you know, we want to boost that energy, strength, muscle, focus, confidence, longevity. Whether it's testosterone maintenance, uh, medical weight loss, IV vitamin cocktails, erection correction, they do it all there. They're going to give you a deal because you are a special person because you listen to the BS. So for right now, uh, the wellness combine's 99 bucks. Can't beat that. That's $200 off the regular price. Plus mention my name, Bailey, B as in boy, A-I-L-E-Y. You're going to get 10% off that price. Again, menswellnessleague.com. There's a uh, book a call button right there on the homepage. Just hit that. One of the jobs that I've always found it difficult to find somebody uh, that I that I like, like right out of the gates, is a, is a contractor. Uh, and that's just me personally. You know, if I'm doing a deck or a basement remodel or HVAC installation, all that stuff, like w- who's the guy that I can trust? Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm vouching for him. David and Rockland Contracting LLC. He's a great guy, veteran-owned. That tells you a lot right there. Established in 2009. He actually specializes in deck design. They've got this amazing 3D software. Like, you'll see what your deck's going to look like before it's done. So no, uh, no surprises there. Also, the basement remodel, new HVAC installation, interior, exterior painting. But he's the guy. You know, you've got a vision uh, for your property, your investment, he's going to make that vision come to life, make it a reality, and you're going to walk away being very, very proud of this. And it might not be today you're thinking about doing this, but you have it. You are thinking about it. Get a hold of them today. Lock them down. At least have the conversation. RocklandContractingLLC.com is the website. You can give them a call. It's a new phone number, 678-879-3867. 678-879-3867. Rockland Contracting. Oh, boy. One of our newest sponsors to the BS, Acupressure of North Point. Uh, For years, most of you have heard me talk about getting my Asian man rubs at the North Point Mall in Alpharetta, Georgia. They, it's the first time I ever have a dude massage me. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm not laying down. They, they do the laydowns on the table there in the mall. They got a brick and mortar, and then they got in the middle of the mall. You've probably seen them. They're the red shirts, you know, red, uh, you know, collared shirts when you go up there. It is without a doubt the best massage I've ever had. You know, I do uh, 30 minutes for the feet. For They've helped me pretty much get rid of my plantar fasciitis. And then 30 minutes in the chair. I like to do the chair. Uh, and it's great. Great rates, great people, uh, great customer service. So it's just not a simple rub-down massage. Uh, they do the deep tissue and the roots, the traditional Chinese medicine. Again, North Point Mall. They're down where the Sears used to be. There's like a dino world there now. Um, so you can find them there. 5% off of your rubs, of your of your massage, if you mention the BS. Acupressure of North Point. Oh, love these guys. And back to you, Jason. <laughs>
he made a doll out of Russell Miller, I'd buy 10 of them. That guy's awesome. I just want to snuggle with him. I want him to feed me life advice. That's badass. I couldn't be more of a mark for somebody than I was for that guy. I love it. He stood up for the entire plane. He stood up for the entire people. Nobody wants that shit around him. That bitch. Shut up, bitch. Bitch, pussy. Bitch, pussy. Bitch, pussy. That's the good shit right there. That's why I love doing this podcast, because you can have a conversation how you want to have a conversation and ask questions that you'll never get answers to that you should from either radio or the news, like how much of in the doghouse was he from his wife? Because you can see in the video, his wife was pissed. Like, shut up, honey, enough's enough. This is just ruining our trip. We're going to see our grandbabies. Jaws of life with my hand on your jaws. So that's the good stuff. (laughs) So appreciate that. Uh, On Monday, uh, Brandy, Britton, will be uh, back on the program uh, talking about her, well, just talking about Brandy, I guess. I mean, from what I understand, she's um, got a membership into the whole life. Now she's enjoying that. Remember when you know Brandy gave her first blowjob? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And we're now, all there. Yeah. Now look at her showing her ass on the OnlyFans and just banging just randoms. Uh, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but we'll find out on Monday. Uh, so for those that are enjoying the free bay episodes this week of the BS, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, the two percenters are the ones that subscribe. You guys rock. Thank you so much. If you'd like to become a two percenter. Go to our new website, podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. Nate did a bang-up job on our site. It's the best website you'll ever visit. There's a shop up there if you want BS merchandise. Everything you could possibly imagine from everything that is the BS. Not only uh, the logo, but better than radio shirts. Uh, uh, Nate's Mexico moment. One question with Brandon for you Let's Go Brandon fans. It says, Let's Go Brandon on the shirt. I mean, how great is that for you? And you get to support the BS. There's phone cases, laptop covers, onesies, mugs, masks, hats. uh, You name it, you can buy it. So please get the brand out there. We appreciate it in advance. Do you you think, like, everybody, it seems to be, wants to be internet famous, right? And, And this Russell guy became internet famous, and he said numerous times in the conversation, he, he just doesn't want it. Like, just leave me alone. Not that he didn't enjoy coming on with us, but it's like, and it'll die out. The 15 minutes dies out. But for some people, it's a, it's a life ruiner. It just destroys them because when you become internet famous, and I guess it depends on what the reason is for the most part, then the internet sluice dig into your past and find shit that you don't want people to know about and then exploit it and then twist it and turn it. And it just fucks up your entire life and it can fuck up your career. So internet famous to me is not the best thing in the world to be or want, right? Yeah. Well, for instance, the the woman on the plane, like her life's kind of not like ruined, but they didn't just say, oh, this woman's, a, she's being a bitch on a plane. Everybody dug into her and, oh, she's some disgraced playboy model. And she, now she's just, yeah, she was selling houses, but then she lost her job doing that. She's just, she has some drug problems and like, they just like tore her apart um, so yeah, that uh, a little bit of viral videos will uh, screw you over. Well, that's the thing when uh, we had the the fantastic flop run in with that horrible interview that we did when we first started the radio show, and you know, I mean, it was it was bad. We knew it was bad. We were tanking the interview on purpose. I promise. It was bad because of them, though. It was totally bad. We were trying to be professional, but that wasn't the setting for us. That wasn't yeah. our mo. It wasn't mine, and it wasn't Dum Dums. 
you know, it's it, it just, you know, to do that, go and stand in front of cameras and you've got eight minutes and just to be nerdy and, you know, talk about the movie. Da, 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 da. They're being dicks from the very beginning. And, and before we even got up there, we heard them go, God, is this over yet? Oh, you fucking elitist punk ass bitches. Michael B. Jordan and Kate Mara and whoever the other guy was. Um, yeah. Uh, so what, the, the Billy Elliot guy. Billy Elliot guy. Uh, whatever the fuck his name was. They're all dicks. Yeah, you know? he, remember he was like on his phone during the interview, like checking his messages and stuff. He just wasn't even paying attention. And I called him out on it too. You know, and that's when things yeah. got weird. But we became internet famous for all the wrong reasons. You know, I was the racist and Dum Dum was the sexist. Yep. And, you know, and I really don't blame Dum Dum at all for that. At all. He did nothing wrong. You know, at the time, he was still locked into his old school dumb, dumb ways. Well, not that he got out of it, really. But, you know, we were just trying to salvage anything during that. We were, But we were in that together. There's no doubt about that. And I remember sitting there. It was July, you know, because it was during the tennis tournament. And I was not hosting that, that, that year yet. I hosted the next year. My phone just started going crazy, all these notifications. And it was some feminist blogger got a hold of it. And just start, everybody's copying and pasting from her warriors. And, you know, we were internet famous. And I remember calling um, my uh, good friend Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, because he had just had an incident with a fan. You know, he was still actively wrestling at the time. And some fan confronted him. And Bubba, you know, dropped uh, the, the F slang for the gays. But he did it because he was mad and in character. And and that went viral, and he had to apologize, and he played along with the game, which I was surprised he did. But you know, he was like, "You can't fight it. <laughs> like, you can't yeah. just apologize. Apologize for what? Fuck that! I ain't apologizing for shit. I asked the same damn question Jimmy Kimmel asked the night before. Fuck that! I ain't apologizing. So it eventually uh, went away. But uh, becoming internet famous, I don't know. It's not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, for some people it is. You know, look at the uh, ocean spray guy. He's just fucking on a skateboard, ocean spraying and listening to rumors by Fleetwood Mac. But they people dug into his past, too, and he had a record, I think. Yeah. Have you seen this show on Netflix called Hype House? No. What's that? I just, I haven't watched it yet. I just watched, like, kind of that preview that they show you. But it's, um, it's basically like a reality show, kind of... Um, real world ish, and they they put all these influencers that they're just TikTok and Instagram people that are influencers, and they put them in a house and they make content together. It's just like the newer version of uh, of the real world, but yeah. it seems kind of interesting because they go through people and they they're like, oh, blah blah blah, you know, seventeen million followers, and they, they kind of talk about how they got famous, and some of them like put in the work every day and are coming up with crazy content, and then the other ones are like. I was just a normal person and I posted this one video and now I'm 19 living in a $7 million mansion. And it's just insane to see the amount of money and shit that these people do. What's more insane to me is a lot of this quote unquote content that's being produced. I don't cons I mean, everything's content. Then you got to put it into categories of good and bad. A lot of the stuff that's being put out there to me is not good. Brandon, what's that uh, video that you guys, you and Def August, the coolest two, did on TikTok? You got like a million plus views. It was him playing the piano or some something stupid, right? Oh yeah, him playing uh, the Michael Myers theme song in Fries. It, whatever. I mean, that to me is not content. I mean, like, how, how many views did you get on that? Uh, a couple million. Couple million. What the. F who the fuck well, cares? I put, uh, you know those those drink machines at the gas station? You pull out a drink and you set it on the, the little 
doohickey. Yeah. And you press a button and it turns it to a slushy. Yeah. Well, I, I just made a video doing that and I did it wrong and it didn't turn to a slushy and that got 24 million views. 24 million views for a slushy. <laughs> yeah. Like to right. me, that's not content. I mean, it's content, but it's not good content. It's goofy content. And I've got no problem with goofy content. But to get 24 million people to watch that, that's crazy to me that they enjoyed watching that. I don't know if they enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot of hate comments on there saying, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do that. Oh, There's got to yeah. be water in the bottom. I, one of the probably most viewed videos I've ever done, and I don't know the number on it, but this was some years ago. You know, being from Maryland, you know, we're blue crab people, right? We know how to eat crabs. And at a young age, you're taught how to eat crabs properly. If you're not familiar with how to eat blue crabs and you eat it with a Marylander, you're going to get beat up a little bit, you know, because you're going to leave a lot of meat in there. Uh, now, there's different techniques. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I remember doing a video. It was, I think, when, like, IGTV first came out. Mm-hmm. And I did a video of how to properly eat a blue crab. And I know how to fucking eat a blue crab. Don't tell me I don't. And I put it up there, and I got destroyed by the Internet. Oh, you dumbass. You don't know. It says Atlanta. You're in Georgia. I'm like, oh, my God. There's so much animosity. There's so much hate out there uh, for a blue crap video. It's ridiculous, you know, but who knows what hits and what doesn't hit, right? Yeah, I feel like there's there's like viral videos kind of like, you know, Brandon's video or your video, but then there's um, like series videos. Like these people are the content. Like you follow their, I mean, it's like a radio show. You follow their lives and you're you're invested in it and there's, that's what these creators are. But there are other ones that it's just like it's a one-off viral video and it just blows up. I will tell you the internet surprises me every day. It just, it, it, there's not a day that doesn't go by. It's, it's the best reality show. The, the lady that cuts my hair, her new husband is a tech nerd, right? He designs right. apps and I don't even know what he does. But I know he's a tech nerd, really smart guy. Hey, same crew, hangs out with that crew. She was telling me a story about a buddy of his that purchased an avatar, the NFT of an avatar. I've never heard of this. I've heard of purchasing NFTs like of a picture or a video, right? So Mm -hmm. for those that aren't familiar, the NFT would be the original version of it, the original work, the original video, not the one that's been put on YouTube and shared. It's the one that came from the person that shot it. And there's value to that. That's the NFT, right? Which stands for Nate. Uh, non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible. To- I'm right on what I'm, def- how I'm defining this. Correct. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this guy buys an avatar for one of these Oculus games. These virtual. Like the blue people. Oh, I knew this was coming. Or I, is it just, are you talking about just like a character? Like a, it's like a, a character. Okay, this is what I know. It's a character that has not been released yet. And I don't know what game it is, but it's in this metaverse. Oh, okay. I gotcha. No, so like an avatar is like your pro, it's like a profile picture. On, like if you're on in a gaming, or if you're, you're gaming or something and you have a little picture and it's a cartoon or something like that, that's your avatar. It's like your logo, basically, of your profile. Like yeah, Avatar can't be an actual character. Like the movie Avatar, they're characters. Yeah, but that's what that's where the name comes from. The movie Avatar is called that because those blue people are their avatar. It's a representation of the person that's in the pod. So it's it's who you are. 
Well, she probably doesn't know. So, and I definitely don't know. But I, this is yeah, no, they're right. I'm just saying that's what an avatar is. It's not just about the movie. Well, this is what I was told. Yeah, I was told this guy purchased the NFT of this character in this metaverse. She mm-hmm. said it was the avatar. So, whatever the verbiage I'm getting wrong here, just follow me here. And he purchased this unreleased character in this popular metaverse where there's millions of people that put on these goggles and go and do their thing. He purchased it for like $15,000. All right. It's some creature hasn't been released, but people know about this creature that was designed by whoever the designer is. This guy got a hold of the designer or his friends with the designer, whatever paid that person 15,000 fucking dollars for a make-believe cartoon character in a world that doesn't exist and the creature or the the avatar or the character, whatever it is, has not been released into the metaverse yet. All right, you follow me? Yep. Before he did anything with it, now he has the NFT of this character, resold it for $150,000 to somebody in the metaverse. Turned around and sold a $15,000 made-up character that nobody knows about, but people know about it. Like, nobody's seen it. Nobody's played with it. Nobody's touched it or whatever you do with it. Nobody's oculus it, you know. And then turned around and sold it for $150,000. Have you ever heard of anything like that before? Yeah. Oh. that That's uh, actually not even that much. <laughs> blown I mean, away. Sorry. That, that's a lot of money, but that's in the realm of NFTs, there's people selling them for millions of dollars. That's crazy. So anything that you have that you've put on the internet, if you have the original Brandon's copy of Def August playing the piano at the store, he has the NFT of that. He is the owner of that, correct? Yes. Okay. So how would he turn around and sell that viral video that got 24 million views is there an NFT store? Is do you go yeah, to- there's lots of them. Um, OpenSea, I think, is one of the the most popular ones. It's like a marketplace for it, basically. Really? And then you just yeah, but- put put it up there with a price tag, and then people bid on it or something. Yeah, th- this is like the new stock market right now. I'm, um, I'm not super knowledgeable on. It. I'm learning about it, but some of my buddies are. But it the the avatar stuff is basically what. When you talk about selling and buying NFTs, it's not like buying the tweet or or like a, a video or whatever. It's these it's these digital art pieces of art, basically. So, like, I think we did a story on um, Bored Ape. They were like these different pictures of apes. It's like the Bored Ape, yeah, 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 yeah. ape collection. I remember that. Yeah, and so they're they're collections of NFTs, and basically, what you can make your own. Like, we could start one. And you just hang on to some of them. And if people start buying them, then when they go way up, then you've already just created it. And then you can just sell them for a bunch. But there are collections of them. So you'd have like a and there's just teams of people uh, starting these things. And you would like have an artist draw like for let's say the ape one, you'd have them draw just an ape. And then you had them draw a bunch of different, like a hat for them and glasses and just Mr. Potato Head kind of stuff of it, just things that you could mix and match on it. And then the computer auto generates them. And it's so none of them are like all drawn by the artist. It's just a different mix match of these different pieces. And then you mint them and then that you put them up for auction or, you know, then they're available to buy. And so 
some of them take off and they become worth a ton of money and some of them maybe don't, but yeah, you can make millions of dollars doing this. That's crazy. I'd never heard. Like I, I know about the NFT stuff and I kind of get it. I understand it. Whether it's, you know, real or not, are going to be a thing down the road. Who knows? Um, I'm sure it will be, you know, but whatever. But I, I just, to buy a character, like that's like saying if you go back in the day, day, you know, like, Mario wasn't released yet, but some guy created it. And you're like, yeah, I will sell you this little Italian guy uh, from Donkey Kong that eventually you can put into whatever world you're in, this virtual world. I'll sell it to you for $15,000. And somebody actually agrees to it. That's yeah. That to me is just fucking nuts. This, yeah, this. I mean, it's basically like buying a Picasso. Yeah, it's something that if you bought it right at the beginning, or you know, when he painted it or whatever, and it's probably worth millions now. It's just a way for digital artists now to be able to make money off of their art. But the, in this metaverse, it's it's the future of like everything. Uh, I saw a guy. He bought. God, I can't remember how much it was. If it was like four hundred, he he paid to live next to Snoop Dogg's house in this virtual world for like seven hundred thousand dollars. Is Snoop Dogg there? No, it's but it's his house in this virtual world. You could go on in this virtual world and you create your own profile and everything. You can go, you can go in there and um, and play poker and win money and you win win it in crypto. But you can go in and go into this. It's basically like The Sims, and you go in there and you play poker against these people from all over the planet, and you can win money. And it's just you're in this kind of three D world. Can you do something illegal and get arrested in the real world for it? Um, I don't know. Like I'm what not, if I what familiar. if I just created a, a I wanted to be a serial killer in the metaverse and I just went around killing people? Is there a, uh, a is there a, a, a virtual jail? Can I could I be the first virtual serial killer? Like would I be known as, as infamous as Al Bundy? But on the outside, I'm just nobody knows who I am. I'm a normal person, but I'm a horrible person in the metaverse. Is that possible? I, I'm not super familiar with that, but I don't know if they allow you to kill people in the. I mean, if it's not an option, then no, I guess. Oh, see, I don't know. Could I be a whore? Could I go into the metaverse as a woman and just bang every virtual dude I saw? You probably could do it. Uh, you could probably have sex with them, and yeah, you you could be a prostitute. Maybe it just depends on how each uh, atmosphere is set up. I guess. Do I feel anything through these glasses? No. Oh, but I'm sure they they have things like that. I'm sure that will be. That that's, will be uh, the future of it, maybe. That's crazy. It's almost like cyber slavery. You're buying and selling these people in a cyber world. That's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, but you, yeah, you can make a ton of money. And my buddy Frank, he's super into it. And he's the one that he wants to start his own collection because you can mint them. And then if people, let's say they buy them for like 900 bucks and then they become rare, people want them and you're selling them for like a you know, $200,000, then let's say you hung on to like four or five of them, then you have, you know, a million dollars. And where do you keep them? Just on your computer? Um, I'm, that's what I'm not, like I said, I'm not super well-versed in it. Uh, I, I think you have some kind of virtual wallet or bank or something like that. And can you share it once you have it, or do you just keep it a secret? Like if uh, I, what if, do you mean share I it? if I bought an NFT, uh, let's say I bought Brandon's video. I now own Brandon's video. Even though it's out there on the internet, I have the original copy. Can I then, let's say I want to put it on my YouTube channel, can I share it and still keeps the same value, right? Yeah, just that it wouldn't, I don't think it would 
any longer be the original then because like if you put it on your youtube channel then you're you're basically uploading a copy of it to youtube but it was the original would still be worth it but it's it's kind of like getting like we've always said like getting a baseball card where it's uh what's it called when they like verify that it's real you know or the original authentic authenticate yeah it's like authenticated so you would have the you would have the authentication of the the original video so you would have to have that but you, that's what you would sell to somebody else brandon loves saying that word say that word brandon what authenticity yeah there you go yeah there you go I sorry used to yeah, working yeah, with another dumb dumb that always made me laugh when he'd fuck up words <laughs> All right. Well, I just thought, I, again, I thought a story was interesting, and you guys were like, well, not a big deal. It happens all the time. So who knows? Oh, it still blows my mind. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not deep into that. Uh, so what is this uh, angry voicemail stuff? Do you want to set it up before I play it? Yeah, so um, Alexis messaged me the other day and was like, hey, uh, I just got this weird voicemail from this unknown number. So when I came home, I listened to it. And this lady is super upset and is saying that Alexis's number or she has been calling her like blowing up her phone and Alexis has no idea what she's talking about. Uh, okay. So I, I listened to them. They're not happy with her. No. So I, what I think is happening is, you know, when you get a, a spam call and then you call it back, it's not, it's never that number or it just doesn't go anywhere. I think they've, figured out a way to spoof a spam or spoof somebody else's number. So the mm. caller ID says your number or that number, but it's not, you're not calling from that number. Gotcha. All right. So I got two angry voicemails. Here's the first one. Stop calling my phone number. This is harassment. I done asked you to stop calling and you call every day and don't say shit. So I will play on your motherfucking phone every fucking day if that's what it takes. Stop fucking calling my fucking number, stupid bitch. Damn, she's angry. Should yeah, we? She's not do, happy. Do you have her phone number? No, because it comes, I think she, yeah, so it just says unknown number on the voicemail. Oh, okay. She pick up next time. Oh, she picked up. Oh, she did? Yeah, she talked to her. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what she said to her after you play the next one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna play on your phone all day just like you do on mine. Fuck you, bitch. Use a hoe ass bitch. Blah, 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 blah. Bitch. Your mama's a hoe. Your baby's got AIDS. Use the bitch. All right, I think I'm going to use that for some imaging somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Your baby has AIDS? Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> How pissed off are you? Right. I know. And so yesterday she called again and Alexis answered it. And uh, Alexis worked in, in customer service, so she's very good at handling angry people. So I, I hear her answer the phone and she goes, mm -hmm, mm hmm okay, calm down. All right, calm down. Um, I am not calling you. I am a mother. I don't know why she's, she's like, and she said after she's like, I don't know why I told her I was a mother also, but well, and we don't, we don't have kids. Um, so she's like, I'm a mother also. I work from home too. Cause I guess this lady works from home and works on her phone. So she's constantly getting these, um, these spam calls all day. And she's like, you just, she's like, you just call my phone and, and just not saying nothing, blah, blah, blah. And she's going off and Alexa's like, I'm a mother too. I work from home. I do not know what's happening. And then she, uh, she said, I heard your messages and the lady, you could just, she said through the phone, you could just feel her like heart just drop. She's like, 
Oh, you heard those? Because yeah, Alexis just told her she's a mother, and she just told this woman, or this woman told her that her baby has AIDS and shit. So she was incredibly embarrassed, and she apologized a bunch. But what, don't did, assume that somebody's spamming you. <laughs> yeah, did it turn out to be one of those like now you're friends and you found out where she lives and have some mutual friends in common, some places that you both go to, and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> No, it wasn't a super long conference. She was just saying, hey, let me know if it keeps happening. I don't know what I can really do, but uh, I don't know why this woman wouldn't just block her number if it was calling her every day. It's like, oh, my God, we used to live so close to each other, and we both went to Nagasaki Nails. That's so crazy. (laughs) We probably saw each other. No, I'm not calling you. It's a spoof. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. Hope your kid has AIDS. Uh, All right, Brandon, here we go. One question with Brandon. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! This shirt available on podcastthebs.com. Brandon, did you see that we have a one question with Brandon shirt? See that? I saw it. Very excited. And someone bought one already. Yeah. No, they did. How do you know? uh, They said in the... uh, Two peers group. Two peers. Oh, and okay. we also get an email every time. Okay, well there you go. So you've you've got a, a fan base of one for your segment. So far, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your question? Why don't we have heelless bread yet? Like, can we not just get rid of the heels? Nothing's worse than going to make a sandwich and you got one piece of regular bread and then you got to put the piece of shit heel on there. Uh, I'll tell you why. I can answer that quickly because some of us like the heels. What? Who likes the heels? I do. I'm a, Why do you like the heels? It's better than being a baby face. I like the heels, being a heel. I love the heels. I always have. As a kid, there's nothing better than a PB&J on a heel. No, that's nasty. I do not. It's, it's like a butt cheek because it, it's kind of round. I don't know. It's just different. What's Well, let me ask you this. Let me turn it around on you. Why do you dislike the heels? Why do people dislike the heels so much? Because there's, like, not enough bread there. Usually it's, the heel is very tiny. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. It's a, it's a little bit smaller. I'll give you that. Um, are you a heel guy, Nate? Um, I don't mind the heels. I don't select them, but that's the thing when uh, you forgot to buy bread and you wanted to make some toast, and then you make those like two sad pieces of toast that are all <laughs> really crunchy. Um, I'll still eat those. I don't care, but I usually don't make a sandwich with it. Sin corteza. What does that mean? Is that bread? And oh, Mexican bread with no heels. Uh, it means uh, no crust. All right, it's it's heels, not heels. heels. Yeah, you're, heels. you're saying it. You're saying it like high heels, like heels. a wo- like woman's wearing high heel. Like yeah, heels, 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 heels. <laughs> the heels have eyes. Oh, and how funny is this? It's made by a company called Bimbo. Yeah, that's our bread here. So they have this in uh, in the grocery store here in Mexico. See, Mexicans are so more advanced than us Americans. They've already they've already answered your question. They're like. How the fuck do Americans keep heels in their bread packages anymore? <laughs> it's probably just as a filler. So bread company, I don't know. You should probably research that. I bet you there's history behind it. Bread companies were probably said they'd be losing money if they threw away the heel. So why not just put it in there to fill the bag and the weight requirement for what they're buying? That would probably be my answer. Yeah, then you also kind of look at it, if you got a one piece of big bread that's not sliced and you cut it in half, do you have two heels or two half loaves of bread? Do you want to say that again? All right, huh? so you got a regular loaf of bread, right? Yeah. You cut it in half. Yeah. Do you have two heels or do you have two halves of bread, two halves of a loaf? Oh, that's a great question. So why would you not make the loaf heel less, right? Yeah. At the very beginning, before uh-huh. you even cut the bread up. 
That's like one of those is a hot dog a sandwich kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <I'd> say, <laughs> uh, thank God you get high often because you got some really good fucking questions. That's a great question. I have no idea. You know what you should do? You should, when you recover from COVID, you should see if you could job shadow a bread guy for the day. Uh, and or at least take a tour of a bread factory. I know there's one around here somewhere and find the answer to that question. I'm sure people would love to know the answer to that question. Yeah, I'm looking for bread factories. Yeah. Or I could go like talk to the guy at Walmart stocking the bread. He probably knows a lot of bread. He might you might you might get lucky and go to the bakery guy or, or find a good baker and ask that question. What a great question. <laughs> it's probably just tedious. I mean, they, they have a machine that cuts the bread, I'm sure, so they're probably like, it takes extra steps to take out the crust, so might as well just leave it in there. What, what if it's like some big reason, like back in 1825, the first bread manufacturer did this in order to save his child of diabetes, you know, or so, I don't know, some weird <laughs> shit like that. Do you know why the, the the twisty ties on bread are different colors? I do, but I forgot. That was one of those life hack videos I saw. Go ahead. As the day, the day was made or put in there or whatever. Yeah, Monday is blue, Tuesday green, Thursday red, Friday white, and Saturday yellow. And yes, that yeah, I did know that. I did that. We used to in high school when we would tell our parents that we're staying over each other's houses so we could stay out all night. Um, after, you know, a night of partying and drinking and doing whatever it is that we did, you know, it'd usually just be a group of us like four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning with nowhere to go. And we had to wait until 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to go to somebody's house and just say we got up early, even though we were staying up all night. And so we had like a couple hours to kill. So we usually just go to some parking lot or something, but we always made it a point to it was at a specific time we knew the time that the bakery goods were being delivered to the publics and we would they they leave them outside in the front and they you know huge carts i mean we're not stealing the carts but we'd go up and be like all right let's get some chocolate donuts let's get some of these donuts let's take a loaf of bread we just you know fill up with the, the bakery product there's nobody there to stop us and uh and it was delicious and we sit there and we just fucking chow down on donuts until the sun came up and uh, absorbed all of our alcohol and then go back home and sleep it off the rest of the day. <laughs> it was a good, great. good times. All right, let's finish up with today's show. Uh, a little tribute with uh, Everything's Better with Fuck. Whatever we do, it's better with Fuck! What? Everything's better with the Fuck! This uh, Everything's Better with Fuck, again, another shirt that you can buy podcast the bs.com on our shop or a cell phone case or if you don't if you've got no problem wearing everything's better with fuck so be it it's a cool little old lady with saggy titty boobs uh to go along with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck you bitches fuck you bitches so this is uh this is a tribute to uh bob saget and full house they're not all bob but it's a tribute to full house yeah dropping in a little f-bombs uh with full house actually did some wonders for the show so here is the first one. So I went to the supermarket to find that special fuck. He said, buy me those kitty crispies, man, and I'll be your fuck friend. He said, buy me those kitty crispies, man, and I'll be your fuck friend. Hey! That's great. John Stamos, Uncle Jesse. All right, next one. I only know two things for certain in this world. People love pastry. People love fuck. <laughs> Thus, 
I submit for your approval. <laughs> Fuck. Tarts. See, the can the can laughter from the show makes the fuck that stronger. Yeah. Oh, fuck turns. <laughs> I, I could have produced probably 20 of these. Uh, they, I was having a good time with this one. And then the last one I have is the man himself who sadly passed away this week at the age of 65. We told the whole story at the beginning of today's show. Uh, Bob Saget. Good morning, troops. It is now 0700, and it's time to fuck the enemy. Grease, grime, slime, sludge. And that's just Joey's room. <laughs> Now, what is fuck? Fuck that! I can't hear you! Fuck that! <laughs> I always feel awkward when I put kids into this pit. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, rest in peace, Bob. Everybody have a good weekend. Uh, again, a couple reminders. Podcastthebs.com, our new site is up. The merch store is there. Become a subscriber every month. We're going to try to have a big giveaway for you two percenters. This month is Atlanta Grill Company's complete rub set, about a $200 value. All you have to do is subscribe to the podcast, and you're in the running. I have your email address, so whatever that is, that's the one. If you win, I'll reach out to you with. Big show for Distinct Grace, a charity event at Smith's Old Bar if you're in the Atlanta area on January 21st. Um, they'll be performing comedian, Sean Campbell will be performing. All the proceeds are going to go to the W E S foundation for leukemia research. So if you want to get out of the house, Smith's old bar, not a large venue, especially where they'll be performing at in that, uh, upper area. So if you want to get out of the house and support a great cause, then, uh, the link is on our social media, or you can reach out to one of us or just search for it online or on fresh ticks. Dot com. But tickets are only like 10 bucks, and it's all for a good cause and good music, and you'll have a lot of fun. Blah, 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 blah. All right, boys, anything to add before we get out? Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Brandon, uh, Mr. Covey, you got anything to add? It's a great Friday. It is a great. It is a great. It sucks when you're quarantined, dude. The weekend's just, I mean, not like weekends are really that much different for us now, but it just sucks. So uh, maybe you'll be back in the Golden Scissors studio. I haven't seen you in like a month. You know that, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, those chairs are still waiting for you to be put together. All right. You're, you're, just know, at the end of the COVID rainbow, there is a pot of gold with two new office chairs in it. <laughs> All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great and safe weekend. Bye! Get off my lawn! It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.